This is Batman. Comic timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. It's what it does. Because I'm Batman. Welcome to episode 178 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast devoted to the average comic book fan. From the average comic book fan, join in as Brent Casino, rotating panel of guests and myself, Ian Levesey, and discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. We had to review it, so we're doing it. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, has dawned upon the world. And Brent will talk about it, and Brandon will talk about it, and Raph will talk about it, and so will I. In two segments. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Comic Timing, episode 178, the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice review. Or as I would like to call it, Brent vs. the World, round two. Actually, that's probably not the case this episode. You'll find out why shortly. First of all, I want to thank our sponsor, DiscountComicBookService.com. You can check them out at DCBService.com. They got great specials on new books coming out two months from now. Forty uh, percent off most of everything. Sometimes fifty, sometimes seventy-five. Great specials on trades. Don't forget InStockTrades.com to get anything older than what is currently coming out on your bookshelves now. So, uh, first of all, I want to welcome. Ian, Brandon, and Raph to the show, but I wanted to start out really briefly with a quick statement, more of a thesis. I was on Facebook on Tuesday night as the reviews were hurtling down through the internets like boulders gathering snow down the mountainside, just gathering steam and gathering steam, and you could feel the hatred for this movie uh, coming out. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about and kind of hypothesize on before we journey down our review path. And I had kind of expressed this. I knew Jamal Eigel's Facebook page was going to be full of Superman lovers, Man of Steel haters, and and their ilk. Uh, So I went there, and I kind of started forming this thesis uh, on there. So if you have already read his Newsarama review comment thread, you probably have already seen it. But pretty much it boils down to this. I I feel like Superman fans – and I'm not – this is a generality I'm using. I'm not just talking about Ralph and Jamal – you know, Ralph, Raph, excuse me. Wow, so weird. <laughs> no, no, oh, they're on the line. Going. Shush. <clears throat> so, Do it, man. Um, I, I'm not just talking about those guys. I'm talking about people in general who really, really love Superman. You could point to Dan Slott. You could point to Mark Wade. You can point to anybody who's had issues with Man of Steel or anything like that. So what I was basically saying was, uh, so Superman, number one, on a comics perspective, if you look at Batman's definitive stories – you have a lot of things to choose from. Like if you look at DC's collected editions uh, magazine they put out once in a while, usually the Batman section is much larger than the Superman section. Not just the Frank Miller stuff. There is that. But you also have Nightfall. Let me journey over to my uh, comics here. You have No Man's Land, Cataclysm, uh, City of Crime. You've got the Elseworlds things. You've got... um, uh, what is it? Dark Victory, Long Halloween, uh, Batman and the Mad Monk, Batman and the Monster Man, you know, Prodigal, Arkham Asylum, Sword of Azrael, Personal Favorite, Year 100, yes. Thrill Killer, Year 1, all the Batgirl Year 1s, etc., etc., etc. Joker by Libra Mayo and Brian Azzarello is a great book. So he's got a lot of seminal stories where we've gotten an array of different types of Batman. Batman who killed people, Batman Red Rain where he's a fucking vampire and kills people. <laughs> I see how I'm bringing up killing people right away. Um, Batman Year One, Batman Dark Knight Returns where he's old and doesn't give a fuck. Um, so we've had many, many, many interpretations of Batman. And even before, you know, some of those stories came out before we had our first on-screen 
uh, film Batman with Tim Burton where he killed a bunch of people. So what did the comic community do of Batman fans? We embraced it. That was all that we had. Uh, we liked that better vision, that vision better than the Batman 66, which was a satire, we all know. So we embraced an alternative version of our beloved Batman. And what did we do? We survived and we thrived. Eventually we got Batman Returns where he killed more people. Arguably the most killiest Batman I've ever seen. Uh, especially in that opening clown scene with the carnival guys and he you know, throws a guy down the well and throws a bomb down at him and things like that. Just disgusting, abhorrent things that Batman shouldn't be doing. But as a Batman movie, it's not terrible. You know, and then we got Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, and we, we'll talk less about them. But then we were blessed to have Christopher Nolan descend upon us in his almighty glory and give us Dark uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and to some lesser extent, Dark Knight Rises, which I cried at the end at, we all know. So we have... You know, we've seen the gamut of interpretations of our beloved character. And I would say, as a whole, I see less things from Batman fans about the way Batman has been treated in comics from his various interpretations to his portrayal in animation, which is generally beloved. Uh, you know, we've got the DC movies coming out right now, the animated movies, which are pretty good. I would say they're getting continually better and better as they go on. I continue to buy them as they go on and on and on. And... um you know, and now we've got more, you know, we have our, to me, the definitive film Batman was the Nolan ones. We'll see how Ben Affleck does. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the show. So my thesis therein, take that thing with what's happened with Batman and then look at what happened with Superman. Superman got a film version in 1979 when we were still in the silver or bronze age of the character. You know, Kurt Swan was still doing the drawings. He was very much the ho-hum Boy Scout of, you know, of that age. Superman, you know, is there a lot of Superman stories from that, from that era that people look back on? No, not really. I would say the earliest Superman story that people look back on, you know, they had some Neil Adams stuff with the Kryptonite and Moore's legendary for that, for that cover and uh, Denny O'Neill, but not really well-beloved. It's not really until we get Alan Moore's Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow where he ended the Silver Age Superman, so to speak, that we really start getting definitive Superman stories with John Byrne restarting everything and things like that. And, and John Byrne had Superman kill people in the Phantom Zone on the alternate world or whatever. And as Jamal said in the Man of Steel review, if you listen to that from three years ago, that had monstrous repercussions for Superman. He sent himself into exile. I've never read that story, but I'm glad I listened to that uh, last night before we did our review. So basically, though, Superman's seminal stories, you know, you have All-Star Superman, which is that classic Silver Age Superman. You have Superman for All Seasons, which pretty much is the classic Silver Age Superman. You know, we have The Death and Return of Superman is obviously a pretty good one. And I don't really know where to go past that. What was the Mark Wade one? Uh, Superman Birthright. Big Blue Boy Scout. Not really edgy. Um, which, as a Superman character, is probably not supposed to be. But what I'm trying to get at is Superman fans haven't had a bunch of iterations of Superman shoved down their throat, so to speak, or, or given to them. It's pretty much been the same interpretation in all of his classic seminal works throughout you know, the comics history. And what I think even cemented that kind of thing was you had this Superman film in 1979 
directed by Dick Donner, starring Chris Reeve, which a lot of Superman f- uh, fans love that movie. They love it so much that Brian Singer tried to resurrect Dick Donner, even though he's not dead yet. But, you know, resurrect Christopher Reeve by sucking on the balls of that story so hard. Eventually, you got <laughs> Superman Returns, and unfortunately, sucking on balls doesn't work for everybody. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. So my thesis is that because Superman fans have had, you know, their seminal stuff, their go-to stuff has been so silver agey in nature since 1979 in the films. You know, you had Superman 1 and 2. We won't talk about 3 and 4 the same way we don't really talk about Forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, you know, then you had Superman Returns, which is that same sort of like Dick Donner style. Uh, you had the Superman animated series, which was great. His stuff in Justice League, which is great. DC direct-to-video movies are pretty much Silver Age Superman. Um, not really anything re- um, showing uh, a newer, more modern Superman or newer, you know, even a John Byrne Man of Steel Superman, if you like. Maybe Superman versus the Elite, but still not really, you know, in terms of that animated movie. But even still, you know, th- I was thinking of that as one of my justifications for like an edgier Superman. But at the end of that story, he still stands up even though he doesn't wipe all the blood and sweat from his face as he's talking to Manchester Black, he still goes into a Superman, a Silver Age Superman speech, which the Superman fans on that thread from Jamal Eigel's post were like, yeah, this is Superman. You forgot the rest of the story, Brent. And I remembered that, but that's what posted my thesis, is that we have had such a negative reaction to Man of Steel and the destruction and the killing of Zod because... Superman fans have had one interpretation for them to look at in film, in uh, animation, in media, and in pretty much in comics from 1979 when he was first kind of cemented as this person. Whereas the first Batman we saw, you know, was 1966. That's not really Batman. Uh, 1989 Batman was cemented for us, and we were still kind of like, yeah, that's a Batman, but it's still not really Batman. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's the reason why we've had so many Superman fans drum up so much hate for this movie. Uh, you know, and that's the, really the thing I wanted to talk about the most was not only the, the my Superman thesis and the fans and why they can't accept Man of Steel as a modern interpretation or even as an alternate version of Superman. Not that it has to be modern to be good. But just they don't even feel like a lot of them don't even want to accept that as a new interpretation of Superman, you know, or a different or an alternate. You know, they don't want it. They either want their Silver Age Superman or they don't want it at all. Going back to the lead up for Batman v Superman, I had big expectations going into this film. I tried to ignore everything on on the Internet you know, and I, I've been a Man of Steel defender for the last two or three years. We'll get to how I feel about the film in a minute, but <laughs> I feel like I was standing up for a interpretation of Superman that I liked, an interpretation of Superman that I identified with. I thought the filmmaking was pretty good. I gave that film a four out of five stars. I still really like that film, even after seeing this one. But I've never seen such a reaction to a movie like this one before it came out. Not even talking about the reviews. We'll talk about that after as we do ours. But just the pre-stuff. There were so many people rooting against this movie, trying to strike this movie down, trying to chop it off at the knees. And I was bewildered by the amount of people trying to kill this movie before it came out. This was not Fantastic Four. 
with fucking jerk Reed Richards and hair dyed Sue and awesome Johnny Storm and monkey uh, Doctor Doom, who's never played a part on screen before without his face being covered in dots. This is Batman v Superman. Come on, guys. I, I don't understand where it came from. And I, I started thinking about it more and more often. And I'm thinking about, okay, well, when, what, what about... So DC's doing a more serious, darker take for, for their films. So when's the last time we saw that, right? So the last time we saw that was, uh, was uh, Man of Steel, which was, I think, three years ago, 2013. Okay. And what was the last one before that? Was Dark Knight Rises in 2012. When was the last one before that? Uh, that would be only Dark Knight, really, in this universe, or the you know the mainstay characters. That was in, all the way back in 2008. What else happened in 2008? Iron Man came out. The Marvel movie machine started. So in the last eight years, pretty much, we're in 2016, you've had 15 different Marvel movies. We're in phase fucking three right now. And we've only had three DC films. So I feel like not only are you, do you have the Superman fans who don't want a different interpretation of their character, don't want an alternate interpretation of their character, you also have the Marvel fans or even just the regular fans who just like Marvel movies and want their superhero films to be of the same pattern. You know, if you look at the first Marvel movies, you know, this cemented for me when Ant-Man came out last summer. A good movie. Not a great movie, but a good, enjoyable movie. But it's the same pattern as all their origin stories going forward. It's got a little bit of humor, got some action, got, you know, it's an origin story. It's pretty predictable. I would not be surprised if Doctor Strange is the same way uh, that comes out this fall. You know, some of their sequels, they've moved forward, but it's still kind of got the same Marvel feel. Good for them. But they want to go for that happy-go-lucky. I don't know if, you know, Winter Soldier looked dark. But watching that movie, it's not really very dark at all. It's mostly shot in the daytime. You've got action scenes, which are great. I still love that movie, but it's not a quote-unquote dark film at all. Not really. And I think the same is going to be for Civil War. A lot of that stuff in the trailers you're seeing is during the daytime. I think that's Marvel's thing. Whereas, like, you know, Superman has got, you know, Man of Steel has got the Zack Snyder tint all over it. Batman, all the Batman movies are pretty much night movies, you know, unilaterally. Um, so I really think that those two factors, you have the Superman fans and the Marvel movie fans who, for whatever reason, haven't had enough variety in their superhero films in order to digest something like Man of Steel or even be able to want or even not want to digest Batman v Superman, but even, you know, think about digesting Batman v Superman. And I feel like those two factors combined plus with the general Zack Snyder hate from everyone else, because that's always a factor too, combined into this massive volcano that was ready to erupt before the start of this film. And then Tuesday night at 6 p.m., all the reviews came out, and it was just... Bleh. So that's my thesis on superhero films and things like that. We're going to take a 45-minute break. I'll let you all digest that. We are going to throw... To Ian and Brandon in Philadelphia, they went on this opening Saturday. Ian took a train, bless his heart, from New York to Philadelphia, met up with Brandon. I'm sure they had a great time otherwise than seeing this movie. You'll hear why. Um, but we're going to go listen to them for 45 minutes, and then we'll come back to the rest of the group and the Skype recording. So you guys enjoy. We'll catch you on the flip side. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Go. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levenstein, and welcome to an episode of Comic Timing happening in person for once. At least starting in person. We will transition over to Skype after this. Brandon Christopher is here with me. I'm in his state, in your state of mind, the Pennsylvania state of mind. Welcome to Philadelphia, bitches. <laughs> so why am I here? Well, we went and saw that movie that came out this week, uh, the sequel to Man of Steel, Man of Stole. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Man of Stole their special effects from Abomination in The Incredible Hulk. Uh, oh, <laughs> Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. We just got out of it and walked over to a park around the corner from where we saw it. Nice, nice theater, the Cinemark uh, University 6. Nice, mm-hmm. nice place. Uh, saw it in 3D. I'm not much of a 3D fan, but it was the only showing that we could really make work. And but there's, there's, there is a reason why they put it in the last theater of the, of the auditorium. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, that seemed to be the biggest one, yeah. uh, uh, probably, at least. But So, what was that? <laughs> I got nothing. I really, I really had, like, it felt like a montage. Yeah. Like, just an, a three-hour montage. Of a, a mindless collection of, of scenes, basically. Explosions, explosions, yeah. action, drama for no reason. You're, you feel sad. It, it, it's like that, that episode of Futurama where, where Robot Double tells... Fry, you shouldn't tell people how they feel. That makes me feel angry. Well, my, my my main problem with it is that I almost felt like there was no timeline to the film. There was no narrative arc to the film. I, like they just threw in scenes because they decided now was the time to do this. Did and it happened over days. Did it happen over months? Yeah, right. Yeah. <sighs> like they, okay, look in the very beginning. Yeah, you get a flashback to Bruce Wayne's. Parents' death. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard his parents are dead, uh, but you didn't I, hear that from me. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> first off, we already know the origin of Batman. Really? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. It, 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 it's like a show uh, on TV called Gotham didn't just premiere two years ago, and everybody saw it for like the 12th time mm-hmm. with the fr- same origin. It's it's the same every time Although, they do it. They did a little twist though. Yeah, yeah, okay. They brought the dad from Supernatural back. That's true, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, I, no, 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 the comedian. Well, Zack Snyder brought his friend back. Okay, this is the second time that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has not made it past the credits for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, oh, God, so... Carry get, on my way with some... All right. By fine. the way, you get the origin, and then you get this... Flash forward, I guess? Yeah. Um. Now, now here's... We're going all over the place in this. It's not going to be linear because we're probably going to do more linear on the on the Skype recording with Brent, probably. We're just going to randomly throw out thoughts here. If we wind up making sense, all the better. If and we don't, so be it. You will hear Brandon cry probably on the Skype recording. More than likely. I have no idea who else is joining us other than Brent because we can't see the future, but I'm sure we're probably going to have a, oh, a couple Batman other people. Know, but yeah. Batman can see the future. That's, that's true. Yeah. So let's go to that. This is called Dawn of Justice. Did we have to see into the Justice League's potential future here, which appeared to be the video game Injustice Gods Among Us, from the way they were setting it up, including Ezra Flash, as I'll call him, because that seems to be the way that I'll go it, because that's the the actual uh, actor's name, uh, Barry Allen Flash in this one. Uh, he looks like a greasy hipster hobo. <laughs> yes, he does. Greasy hipster hobo Flash. Way over-stylized costume from the, like, the eight seconds we saw it, but it doesn't surprise me because New 52. Like, I know they said they're going to go very tech-heavy on the costume. I'm thinking, yeah. okay, why? 
but, but why was this flash forward necessary? Uh, I, this 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 like dark sided out uh, apocalypse esque future to get people to care. Get your money. Get your future money. But but here but here's the thing. You're setting it up. You're setting things up. Okay. In order to set things up, how about you just stick with character building? And no, people don't want, don't want characters. They want explosions, explosions, and flashy stuff. So they want Michael Bay. Pretty much, yes. This is why, <laughs> this is why Michael Bay is one of the highest grossing uh, directors and producers now because people will still watch shit. Uh, and and you know what? We did get a little bit of Michael Bay in no, this because the the Doomsday that they went with uh, kind of looked like Michelangelo. He looked like a transformer. Like, <laughs> he looked like no, come on, dude. He looked like Michelangelo from those Ninja Turtles movies that have been coming out yeah, the last couple of years. He did. He, he looked like a gray raisin turtle thing. He's a California raisin. Like he, he just looked like a gray grape, and like it was just. <sighs> I, oh, I got nothing. Well, uh, I really got nothing. And, and, and here, and like, it felt like they were throwing shit against the wall to see what stuck in this. It felt like a Jackson Pollock movie. <laughs> Just splatter paint everywhere. Right. Splatter paint. And it's not a sequel to Man of Steel, but it is. Oh, they straight up fucking lied to us about that. This is a straight up sequel to Man of Steel. Right. Yeah. And yet, I still felt like there wasn't enough Superman in it, oddly enough. It's more of a Batman movie to Which me. I appreciate, because... As we all know, I take issue with Man of Steel. Well, yeah, we all we all do on this, except for Brent. Hi, Brent. How you doing? Yeah, uh, virtual high five right now, buddy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad there was more Batman in it because it made it a little feel a little bit more personal. What'd you think of Batfleck in general? I was surprised actually how much I actually liked him. Yeah. I, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt anyway, mm-hmm. but I actually generally liked his Batman, his motivations in some parts, and his... You know, his, his motivation was shit in this Oh movie. my god, it was so terrible. Well, I mean, let, let's, go, let's go to the actual motivation itself, that, you know, he was there to witness the uh, the big fight uh, between Zod and uh, and Superman. Like, he, he quite literally seemed to land in a helicopter right when it happened, and then uh, ran over to Wayne Enterprises and saw it go kablooey. Chris Jack! Yeah. Jack! <laughs> His board uh, member. Hey, let's just hope that Lucius wasn't in that building. Uh, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, then we'll get Luke. Then we'll get Luke Fox, though. Oh yeah. And we'll, we'll make him Batwing because that'll be awesome, right? Eh, maybe. And then you know we'll get the uh, armored bat suit again, and then that's because that's what's happening. Other movies are just kind of crossing over with other media, and which isn't really. You know, I'd be honest. If we get a Batman Inc. out of this, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Oh, God, I'd be so terrified. <laughs> I would be so terrified if, if they pull off the movie well. But uh, it, yeah, because he's there to witness it, and. I guess he only sees, you know, half the fight of the explosion of all of Metropolis, you know, which we were all total fans of, like 9-11, uh, yeah. 9/11 all over again. Since you are a New Yorker. That, uh, and I, I, saw you, I saw you tense up in the very beginning. Yeah, be, well, because I didn't want to see that again. Mm. It was bad enough when, uh, when I saw it the first time in Man of Steel. Seeing it from this perspective and them laying it on even thicker yeah. this time around... Um, it was a bit heavy-handed. It played, yeah. It, play, it tried to play with people's heartstrings, but in reality, it just was—it was way too over yeah, the top. It, like I, I get, like I do like the scene that of Bruce Wayne running into danger. Right. That that made that rang true. But what I said in our original Man of Steel, I actually re-listened to our Man of Steel conversation like almost all the way through before seeing this, just to refresh myself on what I thought when I saw it the first time around. Um, and one of the things that I pointed out was that. 
you didn't see the first responders. No. You didn't see anybody running towards. In this, there's one first responder. And his name is Bruce Wayne. And no one else. Yeah, and you see you see a police horse. Right, but no police. Police. And no one else, like no ambulances, no no fire engines, like, no I'm nothing. Wondering, I'm wondering where the hell did he get that Jeep with the uh with the with the flashlights on it? Because I'm like uh, he's Batman. He just has that on hand. So he, he was uh, Bruce Wayne runs into danger with a with, he uses a Wayne helicopter by the way to get to Metropolis uh-huh. to get into a Wayne Enterprise Jeep I with guess. flashlights. Yeah, and by the way, lovely placement of them zooming in every time they could show the logo of whatever car he was driving for the product placement. It was a Jeep, then a, then a Bentley. Yep, and uh, I remember there was a Dropbox reference yes, in here, was. you yes. know, because uh, I'm sure that they're sponsoring it in one way or the other. Hey, Clark, I checked your Dropbox. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> here, here, have a diet 7-Up. Pick that name right up. Pick that name right up. But I, I don't know if that is enough. You know, witnessing... Witnessing this destruction is enough for him to decide straight out that Superman is needs to die. Oh, aliens are evil. Yeah. Uh, okay, look. You, and I'm guessing in his mindset, mm-hmm. the fact that Bruce did, or the fact that Superman did not do anything to save the population the first time, yeah, makes him a threat. Right, and he, which I understand. Threat, threat, I understand. And even he said, even if, if there's only a one percent mm-hmm. uh, possibility that he's our, our enemy, it must be taken with an absolute certainty. Which is funny that Bruce is part of the one percent. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice little, nice little reversal there. Thank you. Irony. It, it rings true to Batman. If you, even if you see it as a potential threat to Batman, mm-hmm. you are a threat indeed. Right. And it just, it just a logic leap though. Mm-hmm. That's. Like he was, oh, Wonder Woman comes out. Oh, you're, cool. I'm cool with you, even though like, you've got powers. Yeah. And you know, I met you like five seconds ago. Yeah. All right, we're friends now. Uh, but Superman, though, oh, that alien. <laughs> like it, 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 like it seemed like it really felt like I was listening to Lex Luthor talk because that's how Lex Luthor sees Clark, that's Superman all the time. That alien, that fucking alien. And you know, you brought, you said the words. Lex Luthor. You said the words. But I want to say it one more time. Make him, make him appear, Lex Luthor. Okay, I'm a Jesse Eisenberg fan. I am. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the Social Network. I've enjoyed him in other movies uh, that I've seen him in. Zombieland. Yeah, Zombieland. Uh, that camp movie uh, that he was in, mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoyed quite a bit. And I've seen him in a few other things. And and he was he was good in all of that. I'm not going to fault him. Just like I couldn't really fault people when when we saw Man of Steel. I'm going to say the same thing here about uh, Batman v Superman. I cannot fault him for the acting direction he was given in this movie. But the acting choices, though. The acting choices, yes. And that the director and the editor decided that these were the cuts to take here. These were the options to take here for the character of Lex Luthor. He comes off more like a stereotypical Riddler impersonation half the time. I liked some of the choices that Eisenberg did. The mm-hmm. little facial tics. I thought when, he, when the camera held on at the end of the scene, I thought that was just... Right. I thought that was really cool. I yeah. thought that was really smart. Like, you see, like, the, just the... Uh, Madness staring behind him. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that he's just—he is just above right. everyone else. And that talking to people, yeah, talking to peons, uh-huh. just great on him. But he's still too. Anybody was crazy. He was. Uh, like, that's the best thing about the Clancy Brown, Lex Luthor, from right? Animated series. He wasn't crazy. No, he wasn't. He was just a businessman. And they've and they've missed 
they've missed opportunities multiple times now to make Lex Luthor menacing. You know, to make him the all-powerful businessman who can use that to his advantage and essentially almost be like a crime boss. Right. You know, to, to take things over without even realizing that he's taken things over. And this one, they jammed it down your throat mm-hmm. that I'm evil and I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, go and do things shady to make my life easier and make everybody else's lives worse. Oh, by the way, uh, complete missed opportunity with Brainiac, by the way. Complete yes. missed opportunity with Brainiac. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. God. Well, okay. And, and, here, and here's another thing about feeling like the timelines are are incorrect in this movie and that I can't really piece things together properly. Lex Luthor just gets into the ship. Mm-hmm. By using... By using Zod, I guess Zod's fingerprints? Was, yes. that, was that what he was using? He, okay. cut off, he cut off Zod's fingerprints and used it to get in the ship. Did he teleport there? No, he, he, had, ac- he had access to the ship. Okay. Um, Remember, he asked for two things. He asked for the body. Right. And asked for the ship. I just... The jumps in this movie. Oh, are there ever jumps? Like, it was smash cut after smash cut after smash cut. And, that, and that's my problem. It's a two-hour and 40-minute movie, and yet I feel like... Nothing happened? Nothing happened, and the stuff that should have happened. The stuff we should have seen. It felt like... Okay. It, we no, didn't. It felt like stuff happened. It just felt like stuff happened in just a random order, though. Right. Like, it was... Oh, you're, you go from well, the beginning to the party mm-hmm. to back to other stuff and then it was just jumping around and then yeah. they threw away a character I thought was pretty cool to this series and they just kind of wasted her also as well mm-hmm. you, t- you talking about uh, Wonder Woman or yeah. you talking about Mercy 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 okay yeah, yeah. I'm like oh they got a pretty cool version of Mercy here yeah and she's already no more yes uh, moment of silence please <sighs> plus I hate to be the one to say it mm-hmm. but they introduce an Asian character into the movie and kill her off and kill her off within that movie hey at least, but the other though wait a second did we see Jenny again uh yes but it wasn't Jenny a, Jenny was different Asian nationality this time though was she I think she was this time huh because she was either she was either Chinese or Japanese American uh-huh. the last one now okay. she, this one she was uh, Middle Eastern Asian okay so I'm like okay <laughs> way to interchange their snack cider let's see how you see the world now I, I, I didn't remember that from the first one. Yeah, she was Asian in the first one. Jenny Olsen was Asian in the first so, one. So is this a different person playing Jenny? I don't... Uh, maybe a different Jenny? Maybe? I don't know. We'll have to IMDB this afterwards, and we can we can add it into the Skype episode. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah. No, I know. It's just... That's that's a little weird. Um, uh, but hey, we did get a black character introduced via the, uh, the, the viral web videos that were part of this movie. Oh, you mean Papa Pope? Yeah. Yeah, Papa Pope and his son, Pope. Okay, so for a second there, I th- really thought that pa- the, that Silas Stone was actually the guy from fucking Fantasy Four. I'm thinking like you're gonna kill another franchise now. <laughs> all right, and and yeah, again, we're this is all free form. We're jumping around here. Those Justice League videos that they put in there to try Total and introduce us, yeah, they were absolute waste of time, and they felt like internet viral videos the that they threw in there for the was hell. The of one it. you actually cast the character for, right? Aquaman one was the dumbest one. Oh my god. It felt like it was like stupid. I have no faith in Jason Momoa's Aquaman after <laughs> after seeing that. It felt like it was just like test footage. It was yeah. some test footage. Yes. 
Yeah, the C- even the CGI they used was kind of shit. <laughs> like, oh, his test footage and he swims fast. It was, uh, an, it was an afterthought. Yeah, it was an afterthought. Yeah, I, which makes me wonder if this was actually part of the original, you know, treatment for this movie or whether they just decided to insert them because they felt they had to jam it down our throats that there was going to be a Justice League. No, and what's his face? Probably yes. Ugh. The colors in this are still muted. But they're brighter than they were before, But though. they're brighter than they were before. I noticed that they went out of their way to say that it was midnight mm-hmm. so that there was nobody around right. to try and, like, you know, quell the people that are that are saying, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, the body count in this. Well, the body count was way less than this one because everybody's asleep. And also, too, uh, hey, guess what? Batman kind of kills people, too. Yeah, let's talk about that. I counted at least 15 people Batman killed. Straight okay. Up, straight up murdered. Um, Murdered. Are, are you counting the flash forward or not? The flash forward, no. Okay. That's, that's just a dream. Right. Okay. Yeah, or or possibly a scene of the future. Right. Who the hell knows? But in the present, yeah. Batman's got a body count. Which leads me to a point that I was definitely going to make here, and that I'll probably say over and over again. Zack Snyder... Needs to quit. Yeah, he needs to quit, but... He is a man who completely misses the heart of almost every character that he puts on the screen. Wonder Woman was pretty on point. I'll give him that. Oh yeah. I, and, and I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say that he did one thing right in this movie, and it was. And it was uh, Wonder Woman. But Batman. Unless you're going with the pulp Batman from the very very early. Uh, iteration of Batman, which nobody's really familiar with. Like, maybe like five people? Right. Which honestly, I, I think is a bad call because he's saying that th- that he's going from Frank Miller's source material in this, and he's made he made homages to uh, Frank Miller all over the place oh, God, in this the, movie. The shots... Like actual dialogue, dialogue taken from the Dark Knight. The way he moved also right. as well. That one scene where you see him grapple away from the, from the uh, heat. Yeah. Yes, that was Frank Miller right there. It right. was scream Frank Miller. But... Uh, but he has Batman kill and he has Batman use guns. Right. Like, um, isn't that sort of like Batman's number one rule? Like no kill, no guns. Yeah, usually. Yeah, because I don't know if you knew this about Batman, but his parents died in an alley because of guns. Yes. And he's not Frank Castle. No. And like there was, there is a like, like. Okay. I can see Batman doing destruction. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Sure. But to blow a car up, yeah. to drag a car, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, to grapple a car, yeah. then to drag it for several city blocks, right. then to toss said car into another car. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a little bit much even for Batman. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And then to, let's see, he blew up another car after that also as well. Yeah. That chasing was just... <laughs> it was, it was kind of dumb. <laughs> ridiculous. And there was... <laughs> And there was the like it was the dumbest way to do a caravan. Also, do like it was so stupid. Plus, I'll say that um, adding to the bad editing of the film, which Zack Snyder is usually known for his editing. He's usually got polished movies. He's right. really, really good at editing with polished. Even like Sucker Punch, which is a third movie. I'm gonna have to look at the credits here and see whether or not he he's. Well, wait, no, does he edit his own movies, or is he just in the booth when the editor's doing it? I think he's in the booth usually. Okay, all right. Well, maybe he didn't do that here. It's very possible. But maybe he did. <laughs> but even the editing for that that car chase, I all felt like there were jump cuts all over the place. Like, I could barely watch the, the action. All over the place. Like, this director of uh, photography should have been shot. <laughs> like, should be shot. Maybe he was by Batman. 
the only thing, the only time the the, the the cinematography looked really good was yeah. during the fight scenes. And uh, okay, fight, fight, fight some, scene, some fight, fight scene. scene, because because the actual the fight scene uh, between uh, uh, Abomination Darkside uh, Darkside uh, uh, Doomsday because I don't know what to call them anymore. Dark, dark Doomation. Dark Doomation. There you go. There you go. Dark Doomation. Although I'm sure they're going to actually introduce Darkside later on. So oh, we saw the Omega table. So yes, right. They are. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Doomsday uh, uh, fight scene between the Trinity and Doomsday was pretty well executed. I'll give them that. Um, at times. At times, yes. right. I like the fact that they showed how powerful Wonder Woman was. They mm-hmm. really did. Right. And that scene where she jumps at him. Yeah. That, the fo- that, hand off. that follow shot. Yeah. That was really nice. Right. Uh, some cuts here and there, you kind of got lost in the action. Mm-hmm. But again, it was action for the sake of action. And the Batman-Superman fight? That was well done. Well done-ish. Yeah, I mean the, the motivations for it is what is what fails right. here. Is like there's no there's no onus. There's no there are no stakes. Right. And Martha is their safe word. Apparently so. <laughs> Martha. Why'd you say that name, Martha? It's the easiest oh, thing. Oh, and by the way, all to do. Yeah. By the way, one more thing. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh God. Oh boy. This movie makes me hate Lois Lane. <laughs> hate Lois Lane. Now, you might remember that one of the things I said about Man of Steel was that. I thought it was the best portrayal of Lois Lane we had seen on screen because it, it was a strong Lois Lane, a strong-willed Lois Lane. It didn't seem like she was the damsel in distress. Well, what the fuck happened this time? Every damsel in distress moment ever. And it means that Superman has selective hearing because he hears whenever Lois is in trouble, but when his mom is in trouble, he doesn't hear shit. Oh, meanwhile, don't forget that he was in Kansas, though, so... She was in Kansas, though, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and and he was always in Metropolis when, when Lois got injured. Just happened to be. Just happened to be. But pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. Except in the very beginning when she gets uh, taken from Africa someplace. Right. I, also, I feel like Superman's powers are a little inconsistent all the way through the movie. But oh, that's... God, are they ever... <laughs> Uh, he 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 uh, he's he's really fast when he has to be. He's really vulnerable to kryptonite only when he has to be. Uh, I mean, yeah, that last scene there, and we're we're gonna get to that also uh, a little bit after this. But let's not let's, let's, let's ignore that. I, I I need I need to talk about it. I need I need to talk about it because it's 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 legitimately so cliched it hurts. Oh, and to give that away already even though like yeah no shit Superman's gonna wind up coming back after what oh, happens oh uh, by there. the way spoilers guys he dies yeah yeah big if you honestly if you haven't realized that this is spoilers by now uh you're, then you're shit out of luck yeah you got a problem but yeah no he he dies at the hands of Doomsday he eats it by the way I laughed when the Doomsday hand came back because uh-huh. it looked like a giant middle finger. I'm thinking, yes. Zach's starting to give me a middle finger to everybody, to all his haters. Hey, I, I immediately thought of Deadpool, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> With the little feel, nubbin. It's going to feel so big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, but Lois Lane was just a caricature of herself in this. She was the MacGuffin. Yes. She was the problem. Mm-hmm. She was the answer also to all the any problem as well. Right. And it was... You, she, never, she didn't have anything to do. And she also furthered the, like, how the hell does Perry not realize that Clark Kent is Superman because, oh, God, because yes. of the way she acts around. Uh, I need a shopper. For what? The story's downtown. I know. Not for a story. <laughs> okay. Really? Really, Perry? My penis is downtown and I need to help it. Pretty, pretty much. No, her penis is across the bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Folks, Ian is hitting on the actual park bench. 
Gotham and Metropolis are, are not, New Jersey and New York. Yes, they're not sister cities. Yeah. They are Jersey City and Manhattan right. in this movie. So where's New York and New Jersey? Uh, shove somewhere in between. <laughs> because, like, the, and, and yeah, I know D.C. geography isn't supposed to make sense. Well, to be fair, Gotham actually is in New Jersey. Right. That's true. Got, uh, Metropolis is supposed to be in like Midwest, upper like upper Midwest, but like, like Chicago, where that is. Well, depending on the okay, yeah. In, in this movie, I mean, in this movie's uh, history, maybe, but it's been placed in Delaware on, on the actual like yeah. map that DC put out years ago. Right. So Delaware, which is actually not that far from where we are right now, right? Which is across the river as well. That's, so that's I'm true. Guessing Gotham would actually be replacing Philadelphia. <sighs> wow. In, in, in West Gotham, born and raised on the uh, playground. playground is where I spend most of my days. days. <laughs> Except my parents are dead. <laughs> I didn't spend time on the playground. Well, I did, but my butler was the one who came with me. By the way, oh, I didn't have any parents. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons was he's great. Fantastic. Jeremy Irons is fantastic. He, he's a he's a great actor to begin with, and his his Alfred was absolutely on par with other Alfreds we have seen because he called him on his bullshit and yes. it felt good about it too. Yeah, I don't know if this quite. In fact, maybe it does eclipse Nolan's uh, Alfred for me. I mean, Michael Caine, you know? Michael Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine and... Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, every year I'll go to South of France and I'll have a shot. And I, and I like Gotham's Alfred, by the oh, way. Oh, Yeah. I mean, come on, son of a doctor. Exactly. Yeah, but he's actually badass. And that's what I need, that's what I need Alfred to be. I want him to be somebody who doesn't take any shit and can hold up for himself. Right. And that, that seemed to be what we got from we this got particular We got a little bit album. of the, uh, Beware the, uh, was it Beware the Batman? I, I, Beware the Batman. The new one, the CG one? Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't watch that. I, surprisingly good, actually. Yeah, I, I watched, like, the first episode, and I'm like, uh, all right, maybe I'll get but to it, that, well, and then it got canceled. We got that little, uh, rough and tumble off, which I like, though. That's true, yeah. He's still a gentleman's gentleman, but he still, you know, won't take shit from anybody. At least we got more Perry in this, even though it still felt like they were... I don't know. I don't know if they were quite forcing it. The balance was still not there. He felt like Perry, but he didn't feel like Perry. Right. Like you got Perry lines from a Academy Award winning actor, but mm-hmm. it just didn't ring true sometimes. Also, not once did he ask for photos of Superman. Sorry, shit. Uh, I, I crossed it again. I crossed the streams. Mm-hmm. Ah, man. You know why? Because he saw the trailer for for Civil War. That's true. Oh yeah. No. When the trailer for Civil War came on, it's like that's the movie we want to see. That's the one that everybody here would rather be watching, except for, like, the three people that seem to enjoy it in the theater. I felt bad for the one kid behind me. He started crying. I know. Oh, my God. I saw. I'm like, oh, God. You poor kid. He was, like, eight years old. He started crying. You're too young to have read Dan Jurgen, so you don't know that he's coming back. Oh, no. Oh, God. So they they just did the death of Superman in the second movie of their franchise. That shows you exactly where they stand on Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, fuck that noise. Let's burn the ground and salt the ashes, please. Right, because are they going to somehow say that uh, Mr. Clark Kent survived? Because there is no Matrix to impersonate him. Right. Uh, there is no Martian Manhunter in this universe yet, so they can't even use him as a shapeshif- as a shapeshifter. Time travel. Time travel. Uh, oh, and Doomsday. Superman for the quest for peace. Re- really? Superman for... The quest for peace. Really? Think about it. Nuclear bu- nuclear warhead goes off, charges him with like nuclear slash electrical energy. I don't get that either. I don't. I don't get it either. Like, okay. Did it like supercharge his Kryptonian cells or something? 
I don't know. Like, it was weird because he had, like, electric... Pa- like, I'm thinking, oh, red electricity. This is yeah. 90s all over again. I really, literally, really thought red Superman. Hmm. Red electricity. I'm thinking, oh, that's <laughs> an odd callback. Could you, could you, could you want... God, God. If they went electric blue. Oh, jeez. No, please. <laughs> Raph would be the one person who'd be like, yes! Could you imagine the... the the movie, the movie poster. Oh God! God it would just be a, a, that cover over again with the glow in the dark cover. Oh, I, I want someone to Photoshop Henry Cavill into a blue electric suit, like right now. Uh, Have it be that cover from the first appearance of, of Electric Blue. I mean, the figure skating suit. Oh yeah, of course. Oh God. Uh, but but yeah, even the setup for it. Lex Luthor created Doomsday in this. Uh-huh. He created the Nuclear Man in 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 Quest in Quest for Peace. There were a lot of callbacks to other movies, and it, yeah, they were make, not making sense to me. Why would you? Yeah, and why would you call back? Like the whole, I thought the whole point of this was that you were trying to separate yourself from right. the other movies. I get homages. I get homages. Completely. Yeah, at least there weren't any Nolan callbacks uh, to there the Dark were, Knight. There were, I thought there was one at least. Yeah, which 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 one? I'm blanking on it. Drunk Drunk Bruce. No, oh, well that too. But uh, I, I thought there was thought there was one Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Rise homage. Right. Dark Knight homage. Maybe it was subtle. You know who knows? But I'm like I wasn't taking notes. I should took notes. Yeah, I left my notebook at home. I mean, I mean, hey, we we saw the the Robin suit and then had no explanation for at that all. any further at all. They it just, just said, "Ha ha, jokes on you, Batman." Yeah. Okay, we get it. Right. And it was just a scene. It was like the most. This movie is a exercise in superfluidity. Surplu- Those were words. Superfluousness. Superfluousness. I'm sorry. Ha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, sorry. English major words it's sometimes. Don't. Perfectly fine. I, I I flub my words more than any other person on this it, podcast. There were more scenes about nothing in yeah. this. It felt like an episode of Seinfeld. I was just gonna say that. So what you're saying is that we just watched a three-hour <laughs> Seinfeld movie where Jerry Seinfeld was Superman, Kramer was Batman, George Costanza was was um, Perry White, yeah, and Elaine was Lois Lane. Hi there, Internet. This is Ian Levenstein talking to you right now. Um, Now, if you guys could do me a huge favor and take footage from the trailer to this and set it to the Seinfeld music, (laughs) I, I would be forever grateful. So just you, you guys just go ahead and work on that right now. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, we'll, we'll pause a moment here mm-hmm. in this park in, in Philadelphia, and uh, just go ahead and let you guys go ahead, go ahead. It, YouTube, send me a link, Seriously. guys. Oh, I want to see that. I will. Oh God. <laughs> oh Jesus. And actually, now I'm seeing in my head from the uh, from the how it should have ended uh, animated with the, <laughs> with Batman and Superman oh, in the also, diner. Don't, don't forget uh, include the laugh track as well. Yes, of course. Oh, and someone needs to send a laugh track to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I thought she was with you. Recording for a live studio audience. Norm. <laughs> Hello, Clark. Oh man! So, to be serious, what do you think about Batman being the the oldest known superhero of this universe? Even though they didn't mention a bunch of Man, months of Man of Steel. Uh, twenty uh, was it? Uh, twenty years in Gotham, Master Wayne. Yeah, I'm like, oh, twenty years. Okay, that's a bit much. Twenty years in the shadows, though, or twenty years. I think what they're doing is that he's always been the Bat Vigilante, mm-hmm. the urban myth. Okay, which I like. Right. Uh, I liked that part before 
was in Batman Inc. where he came out of the shadows and said, I'm Batman, I'm right. working with Bruce Wayne, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like that idea, actually. Yeah. I like the fact that he's this... No one can prove that he's there, no one can prove that he's not there. Right. All they, all they know is they don't go out past dark on a certain time. Yeah. Uh, they don't... Certain crime, certain crime has stopped in certain areas. Yeah, he is the terror that flaps in the night. He is the... Uh, I, don't know, I can't think of any other word. Dark Conductor references. <laughs> uh, but... He is the kryptonite that pierces your skin. Oh. <laughs> the Spear of Destiny. <gasps> yeah. What the hell? Uh, now I want a JSA movie. All what right, let's the make hell? That, let's make that happen. Yeah. Oh, yes, this is the Spear... Uh, is this Spear of Destiny? Or is it, um... Yeah, they didn't... They, they didn't say Spear of Destiny. Oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think they said Spear of Destiny. Well, I'll just quash that right oh, here. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, oh, yeah, that's what it felt like, though. All right. I'm like, oh, here's the spear, the all-powerful spear, which Lois went to go get, but Lois somehow got trapped in order because she's yeah. Lois. Wackity schmackity do. <laughs> oh, that crazy Lois. Yeah. Once upon a time, Superman was the first superhero of the DC universe. They've been shying away from that uh, in in recent iterations, both in the comics and now in film. And I, I, I guess I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, like, yeah. he, he doesn't have to be the first. He just has to be the greatest. That's yeah. all. But Even though technically Wonder Woman's been around uh, way longer than Batman. A thousand years, barely. Yeah. And they they rammed that that set photo of the Wonder Woman movie down our throats a and little bit. Yeah. Which is fine, because I'm actually looking forward to that movie. Because yet again, just like when we saw the trailer for Suicide Squad, you know what those movies have? Fun! Yeah. You want to know why? Because they're not directed by Zach. Snyder. Boom shakalaka. Or written by David Goyer. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman I will see. Wonder Woman I will see unless somehow the trailers turn me off, which but, I doubt they will. Uh, I want to see uh, Suicide Squad. That looks really Suicide fun. Squad looks like a lot of fun. It looks yeah. amazing fun. It does, even if uh, you know, Joker is damaged. <laughs> At least he doesn't have a tattoo that says Joker across his forehead. That's like, that w- oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, I felt. I felt like there was something else I was going to say, but uh, go ahead. You got any? Anything else left? Is there anything left? Unpacked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the uh, ending fight scene. Right. Uh, yeah. No. There. There is. There is that for going forward. Uh, with with the world with the world uh, believing Superman is dead, and yeah, with the end fight scene of even though Clark uh, tries tries to. Uh, pick up the spear while it's in the water and he can't even pick it up he can fly with the spear though yeah at super high speed i guess because the kryptonite is far away from him no uh, yeah. no it's closer to you because yeah. you're holding it like a spear so you're under your arm and right don't uh, don't, don't try to figure it out it it, it it doesn't make any fucking inconsistent sense inconsistent powers <laughs> inconceivable no wrong movie oh sorry Inconsistent. Oh god, it was like so. He takes the spear. Mm-hmm. He plunges the spear into Doomsday. Right. But not far enough. Doomsday won't go down. No, no, no. Nope. Doomsday then stabs Superman yep. through the chest, through the S, through the hope. He stabs that metaphorical hope right in the, the hope ch- through the chest, right in the hope. And then Superman's like, oh, "No, I will not go down. I will have my resolve." And then he plunges the spear even further into Doomsday. Yep. And then they explode. Because that's what happens when you when you ram a spear. And I just kept thinking of Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 whenever I saw his, his electricity coming out, which I hated. But, you know, that's that was the one part of Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I hated more than any other part is the, you know, portrayal of, of Electro in that. But, Electro was cool yeah. when he had, after he got his powers. After, right. Before that, not so much. Yeah. Golden Lasso. Yes. Golden Lasso, they... 
threw it in there in the last possible second for us to realize that it was a thing. Well, you know, guys, hey, guess what? She's got a lasso also, too. That's true. Yeah. I, frankly, I'm glad that a certain Boardwalk Empire vet uh, known as Zod didn't actually have to really be in this movie. Uh, he just had to show up and lie there on a slab. But we all knew that, though. We all knew that because he oh, I know. said that in an interview. I, I'm glad. Oh, for way, him. Oh, but also do, yeah. That trailer? Yeah. Completely fucking ruined the movie. I agree. It ruined the movie hard yeah. fucking core. They were they were trying to tell us that it didn't give away everything. Like, yeah, it didn't give away the death of Superman, but knowing that Doomsday is in the movie... That would have been a great reveal for me. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, but they decided to throw that out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Being, hey, hey, baby. Like, you know, just like... Uh, <laughs> That Terminator movie that I that I still haven't seen. Gen- uh, Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Genesis. Thank you. <laughs> my, my, you know, my favorite platform back in the day was the Sega Genesis. Yeah, I had one of those also. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. I love playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Swedish Chef's favorite game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that they that they decided to not have that be a surprise. I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe they're telling me the truth here that there's something else to it that will oh. make me want to go. You know, further into like, okay, yeah, no, there was there were there was other things that were that weren't revealed. It kind of revealed everything. Oh, did they reveal Diane Lane also getting kidnapped in the movie as well in, the, in that second trailer? <sighs> did they? Because I that's no, the scene, I, the I don't where you think see so. Her on the chair, I'm thinking, yeah, that looks familiar. And by the way, killing off Diane Lane would have been a mistake. Uh, yeah, would have been a huge mistake. But wasn't she in the Pentagon? No. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's, no, you think it was. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm confusing my, my actresses here. Yeah, uh, you think of uh, uh, that little folks you want from uh, from uh, right? Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, what the hell is the grandma, actress's name? Grandma, you can you can you can piss you can piss in a jar and call Grandma's peach tea. <laughs> and then she sees the piss and and apparently peach tea. Yeah, and that's when the explosives go off because. By the, by the way, also too, looks like there's an evil motherfucker. This one, you want you know, he's he's edgy. Oh he yeah, is edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will pee in a jar. Mm-hmm. He will pee in a jar and blow, and blow up your. Capital building. Don't pee in a jar and tell me it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> oh my God, the, the teaser for Luke Cage look, look, looks like so much fun. Oh God, yeah, but yeah. fun. Remember that? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I. I Lauren, that wasn't Lauren Holly. Um, no, no, that is that is who it was, wasn't it? Was it Lauren Holly? I think it was Lauren Holly. No, was it, no. I don't know. Could have been Lauren Holly. Well, whatever. Either either way, yeah. But but yeah, no. Di- killing off Diane Lane as as Martha would have been a bad a bad Martha because it sucks that he already ha- doesn't have one parent. Oh, oh but he uh, does though. Let's talk about that, that for awkward, a minute. That awkward scene. The the Pa Kent return after saying that you know he's he's going by the image of his father. You mean the father who didn't want you to be a hero to begin with and said so himself in the last movie. You're going by his uh, image. Uh-huh. That's. That's great, Clark. You do that. Who returns somehow also do? Which is and I mean, even he was surprised. I'm like, you're here. Like, oh, so you're with us? You don't know what the fuck's going on? Also do. There we go. Thank you. Proving that Superman is insane because he's hallucinating. Oh dear lord. <laughs> I would have rather seen the return of Jor-El in this. I would have made much more sense. Oh, yeah, by the way, here's your fortune of solitude still there. Okay. I half expected Jor-El to show up in the ship when when Lex got there. You know. This way. That way. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and Lex is somehow smart enough to reprogram an alien vessel that he has no experience with. Mr. Levenstein? <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, Mr. Luther? I? I'm smart. 
I found a Facebook. <laughs> oh, God, he was... Like, oh... He, like, I liked his scene choices sometimes. But, oh, my yeah. God, did he just bother the fuck out of me. And, and okay, something else. So, Warner Brothers, I know you own CNN. Mm-hmm. But this is CNN. But you didn't have to use every single CNN anchor in the stable. Didn't, we didn't see Wolf Blitzer. Oh, thank God! You're right. He was in the last one, though, wasn't he? This is Wolf. This is Wolf Blitzer from the Situation Room. Uh, hey, didn't he show up in Man of Steel? I, I could have sworn he did. But, but uh, yeah. GNN or or Lex TV. Yeah. Stick with the GNN, the, Lex TV, or right. uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, GCN. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, oh at, hell, give me give me uh, Channel Fifty Two. Yeah, there you go. 52 News, what are you going to yeah. do? Because they, they used the they used the Metropolis news station in CB, this. Uh, CBN, yeah. Right. CB, uh, CB something like that. Well, yeah, but either way, they, they went with that, then they went with CNN, which was using their footage. Right. Uh, and for anybody saying, like, well, Pat Kiernan shows up in the Marvel movies, like, yeah, on New York 1, a local station in New York, a real city. Right. But, you know, sold out, sold out of Brian interviewing uh, a legless man mm-hmm. in front of the Capitol. You mean, you mean legless? Like a last man. Uh, or uh, how, about, uh, An- how about Anderson Cooper? Every five seconds. Always in. Oh, yeah. well, we've lost feed. So, so uh, I mean, what do you think of the funeral? The funeral for a friend. So are, are we going to get Gangbuster and the Fire Girl and uh, what's his face? The- we're going to get the Eradicator. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't joke like that. Superboy? This it felt get, like... Get, get con. So speaking of Grant, speaking of pissing in a jar and calling Grandma's PhD, <laughs> I really thought you were going to say pissing in a jar and calling it Grant Morrison for a minute there, but, but oh, but, that too, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But this, they did not listen to their own advice. They pissed in that jar and said, "This is going to be good." Yeah, and guess what? It's only okay. Well, because how confused is the general public to go from praising to hating to, to praising, praising in a matter of a week? Or months, because again, or months. It could have been. I think this happened over three months. Or seventy-two hours. You know who 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 knows really. Twenty-four minutes. <laughs> or your pizza's free. Oh Jesus! Like oh god. Your or your soda pop is free. No no, soda. Soda no. soda 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 man. I know. Come on. Soda. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> give me a big belly burger, please. Yeah, come on, please. Soda pop. I, the the funeral felt. It had no emotion to oh, me. It then, had no heart. Uh, if you're looking for his monuments, look around you. What does that even mean? It felt like they were trying to echo the Commissioner Gordon speech from The Dark Knight and sort of failed because there really was no emotional involvement in what was going on. Never. <laughs> I mean, oh, God, like, it was the answer my friends blowing in the wind. That's that's true. As I picked up on this recorder many many times here with the wind blowing, but well, we are in a park. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I I I say that Dawn of Justice, if if its mission was to make you like Wonder Woman, it succeeded. If your mission was to kind of redeem Ben Affleck as Batman, it works. Yeah, decent, decent. Like, I, I he's he's not my favorite. He's not my favorite either. Yeah. But I, I, I I like his Batman though. I like yeah. I like the direct direction of his Batman. 
man. One of the simplest, most streamlined suits, too. Oh, God, yeah. Such yeah. a great suit. Yeah, like, I, I, it, it, the stills beforehand didn't do it justice. Mm. Like, this actually... And uh, he is massive in that suit. Oh, my God, yeah. And it, that is all him, I too. know. He, he, he roided it out like nobody's business. I'm sure him and Matt Damon had a good time training. Matt Damon. Yay. But, yeah, that's... Oh, God. I'll, I can't wait for Matt Damon to show up also, as, uh, as Red Hood. <laughs> also, apparently, as a... Uh, uh, all of Bruce Wayne's training, mm-hmm. it requires... Tires. Tires and chains <laughs> yeah. and weights. Are they all leftover tires from the Batmobile? Is that is that what much, we're trying to assume? Like, I, why, like, why are you chaining stuff to your body? Like, you chain the weights to your... Like, oh. if, we, if we do not have a training scene of Batman training with Robin at some point in this with tires... Like tire it, foot Robin. Tire foot Robin. Oh, and the girl at the beginning? Uh, yeah. Uh, Kelly. Yeah. Mm. I guarantee you, Carrie Kelly. Car- Carrie Kelly. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna turn her into Carrie Kelly. We're not gonna see her until the next Batman movie. Yeah, because time has passed. Right. But they're, they're gonna they're gonna turn her into Carrie Kelly. Well, I no, almost guarantee they, you. Because the next Batman movie theoretically takes place like five years, maybe. Yeah. Afterwards, and she was like seven. Yeah. So, right. So you want know, like a like twelve year old Carrie Kelly? Eh. Um. What? That won't be creepy at all. Oh, this is not the uh, the professional, okay? I will adopt you. Oh, stop. I told you. Didn't I just say this is not the professional? <laughs> oh. Also, I want someone to dub over the funeral of Superman with, I will remember you. No, no. In the arms of an angel. <laughs> just find, get, find, find, like, some sad, sad Sam McLaughlin songs put over the funeral. <laughs> Like that's that they were heavy handed saying you should feel bad, you should feel sad because yeah. your hero's gone. You're but, bad and you should feel bad. But, but, no, 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 he saved us all though. He saved us all. Don't you start. <laughs> oh, Don't you start. Okay. Don't you start, man. <laughs> I, Jamal, I hope you're listening to this because you because you said you were interested in how we feel. I hope you're listening to this and remember, don't you start, Brandon. Don't you start. I ain't say shit, man. <laughs> Oh man! So, what do you what do you give it out of a theoretical five? Five, two and a half. Yeah, mostly for one moment for me. Okay. I I would give it a two, a straight up two. I can't give it more than that. It's half a movie. It's half a movie, so I can't. So what you're saying is this movie should have been four hours? No, no, you mean six hours? Oh, pardon moi. But I mean, it's. There are parts that I really enjoyed. There, there yeah. are scenes that I really enjoyed. Specific scenes, yeah. But it's just maybe someone should just robot chicken this and like go from scene and then like fade you got to that it. in the freaking montage of Clark watching fucking news. Ugh. Yeah. With Neil deGrasse Tyson, by the way. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, that's true. Because well, we knew about Neil deGrasse Tyson from one of the trailers. Uh, right. His voice was in it. Uh, right. One of the, I, I one knew, of the first I knew, ones. I knew his voice was in it. I didn't think it actually be in it. In it. Though. Well, surprise. Good for Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about aliens uh, because he loves his, alt- his other planets. Make that money. Exactly. Uh, yeah, two out of five for me. I can't go higher than that. Uh, we're going to... We're gonna... 2.25, 2.5 right there. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to split hairs, but I mean like... Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe once we're on Skype, you'll you'll have ironed out your, your opinion like once it sits for a little bit because I'm sure as hell not seeing this again. No. Um, I don't even know if I'll see it on cable. I still haven't watched Man of Steel again. Uh, I think my parents bought it for me. For, oh, yeah. Um, Blu-ray. I wonder if Raph's watched it because he he wound up getting Man of Steel as a I think a birthday gift and I don't know if he's if he's rewatched it you since. The movie that made him the movie that made him hate Superman. <laughs> it didn't make him hate Superman. He just made him hate that Superman. He didn't hate. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not a hate 
the character of Superman. He hates Man of Steel Superman. Oh, so is everyone else, because they're smart. Indeed. You saved us. All right, uh, any, any, anything else you want to bring up? Let's get a fucking cheesesteak. Hell yeah. All right, we're going to transition now to Skype with whoever's joining us. Whoever's joining us, hand it over to you. Never. <laughs> oh, God. Holly Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, after that 45-minute break. Thank you for that, Raph, uh, for uh, Holly Hunter's name. Yeah, I was trying to—it was it was on the tip of my tongue the entire time we were recording in Philly, and I could not remember what the hell her name was. Holly frickin' Hunter. Right. Introducing everybody else on the call here, as you just heard, that was uh, Brent Martha Casina uh, <laughs> and uh, Raph- Raphael uh, Martha Suhu and Brandon Martha Christopher here as well, <laughs> along with myself, Ian Martha Levenstein. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about the rest of the film now. Uh, be- and yeah, you just heard Brandon and I, our hot takes immediately after seeing the movie. You know how we feel about it for the most part. I don't think our, your opinion's changed at all since we saw it, right, Brandon? A little bit, but not too much, though, now. Okay. All right. Well, we can we can touch on on what's changed a little bit after that. Brent got his uh, thesis uh, going. Uh, Raph, uh, a rebuttal, if you have it, to said thesis, and uh, give us your oh. thoughts on the movie. Actually, yes, I do. I think when you guys recorded Man of Steel, I was having internet trouble or something, so I didn't actually get to be on that episode. So let me really quickly, you know, it's been three years, and a lot's changed for me, I think, in that time. But let me let me kind of really quickly talk about how I feel about Man of Steel. It was a valiant attempt. Um, it gets a couple things right, but I feel like it does go off the rails. If you had asked me three years ago, I would have said the same things everyone else says. The destruction of Metropolis is 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 way too explicit too much 9-11 references which i still stand by i stand by that um superman doesn't care about civilians um he shouldn't kill i would have said that years ago um what i will say now is just a couple of subtle differences and i would have really enjoyed man of steel not you can leave the destruction of metropolis in. you can just i feel like okay so let's go back to superman 2 real quick when zod or certain are attacking the people Superman takes a second to try to reason with the villains and go, no, please, the people. All I remember Superman saying in Man of Steel was, I'm going to stop you, Zod, no matter what. And it's like, and they're really like, a, I'm going to beat the crap out of you kind of way, as opposed to a, I need to save these people kind of way. Again, this will come up later. I don't hate it as much as I did when I first saw it. I mean, I, I literally left the theaters in tears. I was, I was really upset yeah. uh, when I went to see this, the free screening. Um, with that said... Um, to address what you said, Brent, um, really, so you were talking about the differences b- between the characterization of Batman and Superman, um, which is important because it's very true. Um, Batman has had a lot of interpretations over the years. He's kind he's, I mean, the basics are always there for both of them. You know, orphans, you know, parents are dead. I got to say that because it's my trademark. Or- orphan v. Orphan, Dawn of Orphan. <laughs> right, exactly. The difference between Batman and Superman is, and this is, I think this is key. Batman is the ultimate example of a self-made man. I mean, he was eight years old and he watched his parents get killed in front of him. And he took it upon himself to mold his life around eliminating crime in Gotham City. Completely eradicating the concept of criminality in a major metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. 
Um, that is why I love Dark Knight so much. That's why I love the speech that Gordon gives. You know, he's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one needs right now. So we'll chase him because he is so dead in that movie. He's so dedicated to the vision of a peaceful Gotham that he's willing to take the blame for Harvey Dent's death. He's willing to take the blame for murdering other people, even though he didn't. He did not kill. I mean, he, he, he had to kill Harvey because he was threatening Gordon's kids. All that aside, there's been different interpretations. Adam West, Tim Burton... Earlier in, in his career, Batman carried a gun. He's a self-made man. Superman is not a self-made man. Mm-hmm. He is the continuation of an idea, of a myth that humanity has had for centuries, of a heroic figure that saves the day. He, super, Batman, by design, is supposed to reflect whatever you want him to reflect, because he's a man. Superman is... And, and you can get the, I mean, I know Final Crisis was convoluted, but in Final Crisis, in Superman Beyond, the, the monitors oh, are trying to, to stop the dark monitor, and they summon Superman. Yeah. And Superman, at, at some point, it's really convoluted, but he combines <laughs> with Ultraman to, to enter the monitor's ultimate defense against evil. It's yeah. a giant Superman robot. In the DC universe, Grant Morrison's idea of Superman is he is the ultimate defense against evil. Mm-hmm. He is the ultimate good. Right. Now, with being the ultimate good, you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have a set of expectations. Now, that isn't to say that you can't play with that because people have done it throughout the years all the time. Um, more, more so, you're, you're right, Brent, that it's more recent than it is Silver Age. To be fair, in the Silver Age, everything was super goofy. Superman would be bald one day, and then <laughs> Red Kryptonite would make him like, turn into an ant. I know, but it's, the, it's that classic Kurt Swan... Silver Age mentality is what right. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, definitely, and I get that. But the thing is, he has to represent a certain set of ideals. And for some people, it it means he can only act a certain way. For other people, it means you know that he has to keep his principles. And as we talk about the movie, I'm going to start. I'm going to I'm going to break it down. I'm going to tell you how how I feel like he betrays those principles at times. And and, and it, to be fair, at times he he perfectly executes them going straight into my review of the movie i had a bad feeling going in you know watching the trailers i felt i was still a little nervous i wasn't as down i'm not i mean i wasn't trashing the movie i was reading what other people were saying but i was like you know what i don't want to be when when the movie first when man of steel first came out and i saw it first saw it i was like i'm never gonna see a Zack snyder movie ever again i'm gonna gonna protest this movie (laughs) i'm never gonna watch it you know time changes you know you calm down you you get a little bit of perspective and i did so I wanted to give this movie a shot because, let's face it, this is the future of the DC Cinematic Universe we're talking about. Let me, let, let me cut in here real, real quick, Raph, and say I, I'd, I'd like to believe that everyone on this call did their best to be as positive as possible going into this. Like I said on the show multiple times, like I was doing my best to not let Man of Steel skew my opinions on Batman v Superman before I saw it. When the reviews came in, I'm like, oh shit, I better brace myself. But I was still hoping I would be pleasantly surprised. I want, I want to say right. that perfectly clear. And, and here's the thing. and Because you got to think, okay, so what's Snyder's style? He does very stylistic, action-heavy movies. Those don't really review well with reviewers. Yeah. I mean, how many Snyder movies have really reviewed well? Even the, even the ones that we all like. 300, like 300, 300 I think that's, we all that's about it. Like. Yeah, three, 300 is the only yeah. one I can actually go to that said it was like 100. And you know what? His, his, uh, didn't he do uh, Dawn of the Dead? Yes. Yeah. 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 Dawn, Dawn of the Dead and, was well-reviewed. 
Yeah, but I mean, so aside from those, two, I mean, Watchmen, I think we're all 50-50 on, I want to say. That's safe to say, right? Thereabouts, yeah. I, I didn't see Sucker Punch, so I can't say anything about the movie. So, oh. yeah, the the reviews didn't really phase me because I knew he doesn't review well. He doesn't necessarily, I mean, Man of Steel didn't review well. I mean, okay, I didn't like Man of Steel, but I'm trying to have an open mind. Yeah. With all that said, I mean, it's a very... My immediate thoughts, just really quickly, like it's a very uneven movie. Oh, it's yeah. really all over the place. The editing is awful at times. Like, um, there's a scene where Perry talks about, um, where does Clark go? You know, the, does he like tap his uh, click his heels three times? Then I'm in Kansas, and I was expecting a, a Clark, the, the scene with Martha, where, where she tells him not to give a damn. Yeah, which really, we'll, we'll get to that later, but. <laughs> It didn't. That showed up like two or three scenes later. I was like, okay, that's like kind of a random thing. So, I mean, there are there are things to like. I mean, there, there it's not like I, uh, I'm not as angry or upset. I didn't, you know, I left the movie a little. I've left the movie disappointed a little bit. The movie is does a really pretty a pretty decent job with Batman and Wonder Woman. I know that there's actually a lot of Batman backlash I've seen um, online, and you know, Superman. So my thing is, Superman didn't really get his due. Um, he started to, and I, you know what, to be completely honest with you guys, right at the climax of the fight when Wonder Woman shows up and they're all fighting Doomsday, I was feeling amazing. I was on, I was like, oh man, you know what, this yeah. movie is actually starting to pick up and I'm really starting to feel awesome. And because then, Wonder Woman was fantastic. Right, she was. And and they were all working together and it was awesome. It felt great. And we had Led Zeppelin in the background too. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that theme is totally Led Zeppelin. It, it's, it really is, is yeah. It's total ripoff, but it's, it's fine. And you know what, it's cool. But when they did what they did, and we can talk about it later, I kind of was just like, ah. And I'll explain why. Uh, we'll get to it. I think we should talk about yeah. the end. We got we to go in sequence. But overall, the movie was okay. Am I thrilled that Snyder's doing Justice League? Nah, not so much. Mm-hmm. He, there, there's things in his aesthetic that I just don't agree with. He and I don't agree on a couple things. Okay. Um, and you know what? This is how I describe the movie for people who get upset about, about the interpretations. Just look at it this way. If you're upset about Batman being a killer, this is a movie about a man who for 20 years has tried to fight against evil and failed. Mm-hmm. He's lost. He's lost everything. Yeah. His partner's dead. His allies are gone. All he has left is Alfred. His, his mansion blew up. He, his, his tribute to Robin's been defaced. He has nothing. He is a bitter he is pissed off and he's tired of the world not conforming to what he wants and he sees this guy destroying a city with this ridiculous amount of power killing all of his employees his co-workers his friends the people he's gotten to know in wayne tower all dead mm-hmm. of course he's gonna of course he's gonna want to strike at this guy and of course he's gonna have a hard edge he can't he feels not only is he powerless against the struggle of fighting eliminating crime from gotham he just saw a god kill hundreds of people and he from his perspective i mean it's not superman's fault zod was there yes but that's not batman's perspective batman saw superman fighting zod and destroying the the tower the fact that he's hard-edged the fact that he's willing to kill that is actually understandable from batman's perspective he's powerless he has to take that extra aggressive stance so yeah, that, that's my answer to people who get upset about Batman. I, I love, I love the fact that I can justify Man of Steel to the Superman haters mm-hmm. to three years ago yeah. in the same manner and get laughed out of the fucking room. And you can try and justify Batman killing people and using guns from a Superman fan 
and I'm not going to laugh you out of the room. Well, we'll see, and, 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 you, and you know what, Brent? The main reason for that is the fundamental difference between the two characters. Because one, but still, one is both of them. See, I understand what Raph is coming from. Yeah. But both of them are still mortal, and I think the key to Superman's character being what he is with the ideals is that he's constantly trying to be human. Mm-hmm. He's str- more than anything, and more than striving to his American ideals or whatever you want to call it. He's always striving to be human. He's not striving to be perfect. He's striving to be human. And that's something to make mistakes. And that is something that I feel that Zack Snyder is still incapable of capturing. 100 percent. He says so in the movie eight hundred times, and you know, even Raph was saying in in his uh, in his conversation just now, he kept calling Superman a god because in this movie, Superman is a god. Superman right. is not a man. And that is what divorces me the most from the character of Superman as portrayed in this movie and subsequently in Man of Steel. Brandon, you've been, you've been silent so far. Uh, go ahead and weigh in. Uh, on I my mean, thesis. Uh, on your thesis. I mean... We've already heard you weigh in on the movie for 45 minutes. To be I know, right? Yeah, no, true. <laughs> we got on the roll. What can I say? First of all, I, I want to apologize for laughing out of the room on that last podcast. It was, for me... My problem with the movie was more. We we have something like like Grant Morrison's All Star Superman, which I think is probably he's a seminal the, Superman, yeah, the definitive seminal Superman, and it's hard to see other interpretations of that character. Yes, a lot, yeah. Granted, our last look at Superman on the big screen was Silver Age, even with the uh, singer slash. Donner take on the character was mm-hmm. decidedly Silver Age, but, but I, the problem with that movie was that it was such a joyless movie. Yeah, and I I still say that's one of the biggest flaws of that. There was a quote, probably him learning how to fly in Man of Steel was joyless though. <sighs> if, if no, no, that was awesome. You gotta admit that was awesome. It was one of the few. It was one of the few parts of the of the movie that resonated with me, other than the scenes on on Krypton. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, Brent. Yeah, that movie had. I told you before that movie had such promise for me because I literally saw that trailer and I cried at that trailer because it was such an affecting and a moving trailer. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, this movie looks to have an amazing promise and an amazing premise to tell a modern-day Superman movie. But what I got was a ham-fisted attempt at trying to be relevant for the character. Yeah. And it was edgy for the sake of being edgy. And the whole killing Zod part aside, the problem for me really came at the end, where I realized that he spent an entire movie saving maybe a handful of people. He saved Lois Lane four times by that point. And... The scene where uh, the Harvester is coming to Earth, and he wants to go fight the non-sentient one mm-hmm. across the world in the Pacific Ocean, which looked really good. It looked like a really cool scene, but my first thought was, what about the people there? Superman yeah. should always be for the people. Right. And the problem with that movie is, Ralph is right, they portray him as a, as a god. Right, he chose who lived and who died with that moment because he let the people of Metropolis 
that were underneath that harvester die. Right. Exactly. He could have stopped that harvester. I didn't. I never even thought about that actually. And even if he, and even if he failed doing it, at least he would have tried to save the people. Yeah. And he, even in our Man of Steel episode, we were not presented with a reason why it had to be one over the other. A, a good enough reason to justify it. And, no. and and I I go back to that and just like there are there aren't a lot of good reasons for half the shit that happens in this movie that we're talking about now Donna Justice especially and, that scene with the with the fucking kryptonite spear but whatever and even <laughs> yeah, and we'll even get, when they I tr- will get to it oh, yeah yeah and even when they try to humanize the character like they said um, there was a scene when he brought down the German in front of the other the other general mm-hmm. and he says that's American property young man and he goes I'm from Kansas oh, yeah okay where was that whole demeanor. An hour and 45 minutes ago in the, right. into the movie. Yeah. A small thing to try and humanize them, but it just didn't work because you spent two hours almost at that point now mm-hmm. trying to shove the fact that Superman is better than us. Yes, we know that he's better than us. That's the character. He, he represents the very best of humans. He represents our ideals, our hopes, and our dreams. Right. But when you do it in a way where it just feels hollow, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and, and you want to talk about hollow. And and this will this will sequence us back into talking about uh, Donna Justice here. This entire movie felt hollow to me. Mm. Uh, every every single piece of it felt like. And this goes back to your thesis a little bit, right? How how there were more than ten Marvel movies at this point, and we're working with a three, uh, actually no two, uh, DC movies to work off of: Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman. They were trying to justify having a title like Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice off of the setup of one movie. Mm. And because of that, they had to cram in relationship building. They had to Mm. cram in you giving a shit about them fighting. They had Mm. to cram in an introduction of Wonder Woman. They had to cram in an introduction of all the other Justice League. And they had to cram in more than one villain to try and make you get excited for the fact that you were going to see uh, a Justice League movie. And the Justice Mm -hmm. League movie isn't even the next one that's going to be coming out. So it it brings me back to the reason why this movie had to exist in the first place, in this form, in this specific creation. Why did they have to do it this way instead of, hey, Ben Affleck, you're a director, you want to be Batman, Go ahead and do your Batman movie, and then maybe the next movie could be Batman v Superman because you have an entire movie to yourself to register the fact that Batman is Batman. We don't have to cram Superman in as almost you know a secondary character. Done. You know what they should have done? They should have done Death in the Family. Yeah, because they hinted as much in this in this movie. Yeah. You needed no. You needed a Batman movie where he's been Batman for a couple years. He has mm-hmm. Robin, yeah. and then Joker just destroys. Robin, and then everything falls apart. Right, and then at maybe at the the last scene of that movie should be Mr. Wayne. You need to come to Metropolis. There's a situation that would have that would have worked. I mean, even you describing that right now, I guarantee you that would have worked better for me than what we got. <laughs> yeah, because uh, to hmm. be fair, the, there's so much going on in this movie. Characters get short shrifted, and th- this is my biggest problem with the movie. Superman got extremely short shrifted. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, God, did he ever? Yeah. He, but and I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to segue into that now. We, we can, dude, go ahead, go ahead, please. I mean, okay, Brandon so, and I talked well, about the movie well, for forty-five let me, minutes. Let me, yeah, let no, no, let's, let's, Brandon hasn't had a word yet. Yeah, yeah, no, please, Brandon, so, go ahead. I've just been saying mm, the whole time. So let me let me take a poll of uh, Brandon and and Ian. Do you think I like this movie? Yes or no? I think you're 
okay with it. That's what Brandon. I think. I think you're leaning more toward no than anything else. I think you're okay. more disappointed than anything else. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not asking Raph because I've, I think I've defended Man of Steel over the past three years the most with those two on more than Raph on, on Comic Timing. Yeah, because yeah, I've um, been on maybe once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> so this, it you know, I, I'll come out and write out and say it. And uh, I think this is a three star movie, a low, low three star movie for comic fans. Yeah. And a two star movie for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because this movie's damn near undecipherable. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part, not just the editing uh, on the very beginning, like I was in, I was like, what the fuck's going on until they blew up the White House? But once they blow up the White House for some reason, the movie actually starts to make sense from a narrative point of view after that. Mm-hmm. But like all the jumping around stops once they, if you don't know that we're doing spoilers right now, you should probably go and watch the movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they, 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 they listen to Brandon and I talk about it for 45 yeah, minutes, dude. We're trust an me. hour in. Yeah. You, you should be well-versed already <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So, but anyway, so all the narrative stuff like that, I, you know, it, it stopped for me once they blew up the White House. Because then, now we have a storyline. Like, okay, now this makes sense. Um but all the stuff beforehand, I didn't understand. And I really missed, like, where the fuck was Chris Terrio on this movie? Mm-hmm. This is the guy that wrote Argo. That what, did, did he win an yeah. Oscar for screenwriting for that movie? Yes. Yes, he Pretty did. sure he did, yeah, yeah. So it won Best Screenplay. So where the fuck was he on this movie? Because I don't understand it. But I don't know if it was maybe if it is there in the script. And they chopped a lot of it out in the editing. I was talking to Jim about this at lunch because he was asking me about this today. And I was like explaining it to him like this movie feels like a lot of the dialogue just feels like we got half of a scene and then ended it for no fucking reason. It was like or, watching an episode of Robot Chicken. Or, or <laughs> there were things like one more line would have completed the scene. My example to Jim today at lunch was this one, where Alfred and Bruce are standing in the ruins of Wayne Manor, looking at the coat of arms of Wayne's, and they're talking about the history of the Wayne's and how they made all their money, which is cool backstory, whatever. Yeah. And Alfred is all like, they're hunter, or um, not hunters, but oil and trade and things like that. And Bruce goes to Alfred, no, they traded pelts with the French. They were hunters. And then walks out of the fucking building. End scene. <laughs> a better end to that scene, Bruce walks out of the building, cut to him as he's walking out, going, we're going hunting, Alfred. Or, let's go hunting, Alfred. Yeah. Just a right. little bit of, like, end scene. Mm-hmm. little, put a button on it. Yeah. I feel like this thing is a great big tapestry made out of buttons that no buttons are connected. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you just got, you just got like a like a like a long swath of buttons with no no thread through them. Like at all. no, there were so many things that if they had had one more line to just put a button on it. And this scene, this film was longer than it probably should have been. It didn't feel that way watching the movie, but I would have been fine with a longer movie had you put and buttoned on all these different scenes. Alfred's fear, the yeah. rage, the cruelty of man. I have no problem with the delivery they had in the film is different from them in the trailer. I understand that. But I didn't understand why he said it at all in the first place. <laughs> he said like, it because it was a cool line. That's, like, that's, that, that's what some of this stuff felt like it was trying to be. But there was no reason for it. You're not in thir- 1938 anymore. I was like, ooh, Raph and Jamal are going to hate that. <laughs> but then there was no reason for it. 
I didn't know. I thought it was cute, actually. I thought it was was cute. Well, good. I'm glad glad that that specific thing resonated with you. (laughs) So I don't don't really identify with this movie at all. It really puzzles me. It really, really puzzles me. And and you Um, you know what, Brent? Here's here's part of it, too, is that there's 20 more minutes of this thing. I know. Sitting... Uh, Waiting to be released on Blu-ray, but I bet it's all dark side shit. That I, they I, cut out. It's all dark side shit, and I guarantee you, it's connective tissue <clears throat> that they had to cut out because it, it would have made the movie R. Well, what's her face? Um, her, uh, Jenna Malone. Her scenes got cut. Yeah, right? she was supposed Good. to be playing. She Barbara, didn't need to be in the movie. Wasn't she supposed she to be playing didn't. Barbara Gordon? Like that. That's right. what the theory was. <laughs> so I think that might have given us more. Uh, it would just be more why. Why Batman is where he is, as opposed to like actual story. It's more like, oh look, I'm the only person left in your life that 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 was an ally of yours. You've destroyed every blah 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 whatever. But that would have given me more context to the Batman character, <clears throat> right? Like, you guys said you have no problem with Batman being uh, almost a murderer. I, 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 I didn't say that. Yeah, no, no, we no, we have we have, we have problems with it, but it's, I, it's at least justified a wee slightly in the movie. Slightly. Raph's justification, I can stand with. Yeah. I will accept the justification because I offered plenty of them on the Man of Steel episode. Right. I can totally understand how a person with rules fails for so long that he gives up on those rules. Yeah. That I understand. Right. And what I the- didn't like about this movie was that there was no room for them to establish any of that. Like we, I'm yes. with you, Ian. We really needed a Batman movie before mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Before this to be Batman v Superman or. Just have cut out all the Superman shit. Have this be a Batman movie where he goes up against Superman and sp- paints Superman as the villain. And like that would have been a better movie because you would have understood more of what Batman's going through. Right. But instead, it felt like they wanted to make a Batman movie, but they still wanted a Man of Steel. And instead, we got this middle piece of mediocre crap that just doesn't go anywhere or establish anything. Other than that, they have the same name for a mom. The whole reason why they stopped fighting, I thought, was dumb. Yeah. Uh, well, and no, no, it was. Really and dumb. the even worse reason was at the funeral. He's Bruce is standing next to Diana Wonder Woman uh-huh. and says, "I failed him in life. I won't <laughs> fail him in death." <laughs> I know. Since oh, when yeah, the like fuck did you care about this right. person? Yeah, like, That's like what, no I did not understand that at all. They Wasn't that no a connection. scene directly from Dark Knight? Only Superman said it about Batman. I don't it know. I can been. open it up really yeah. quickly. It, it's very possible because, like, they 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 tried to use as much of Dark Knight uh, uh, Returns in this movie as possible. Like, even like ripping you know entire lines to write, "Stay down if I wanted you dead." You know, you did. I I I do it or all that shit. And but they, no one armed Stephen Amell. Yeah, no, no, I believe one, you. Yeah, <laughs> no one armed Stephen Amell. Right, but God. but just. <sighs> Here, here's here's another major flaw with this film is they had opportunities to let Batman be Batman, and that is be a fucking detective. Thank you. Solve things, follow clues, and work it with the special ass bullet that Lois had. That could have been Batman solving that. And it was almost unresolved for the almost the entire movie. You're right, and it, it was and- this. <laughs> Freaking MacGuffin is hanging out there, saying, "Oh, here's a bullet. Here we found it. Was it? What does it mean? Oh, is it? Is it? Is it from the government? Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Just you could have solved that an hour ago. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and and when they would bring it up, like they would, I felt like it, it, they took like 20 to 30 minute breaks in between being brought up in the film. Well, because you had to set up everything else. <sighs> and that's the problem. You had to give a little bit of time to Wonder Woman to build up the Justice League stuff. Right. You had to establish Bruce. You had to establish his rage and hatred of Superman. Yeah. You had to establish Superman's guilt and... and so yeah, I'm gonna. Get, I think I, I think I should talk about Superman at some ahead, point at this Please. point. So yeah. Superman. Um. So uh, I'm gonna briefly summarize his arc throughout the movie. And I'm gonna explain what I liked and what I didn't like because it, it's just easier that way. Mm-hmm. So Superman's arc is basically um, he is now Clark Kent, sort of, not really. He, he barely. <laughs> he's like the George Reeves Superman, where Clark Kent is just a a dude with a hat and glasses and that's it right like there's no subtle differences between Clark and <laughs> Superman at all slightly different inflection in his voice that's about it yeah which is, I think is why Lex Luthor figured out his identity in about two or three seconds <laughs> yeah right well they didn't give Henry Cavill any scenes as Clark Kent long enough for him to be able to that too. experiment See, stuff right. with yeah you know? you're absolutely and right that's going to be part <sighs> of my criticism but Basically, Superman is living with Lois. He's in love with her. He kind of looks out for her, but he also goes around and does his thing. Meanwhile, the world... Okay, so just to backtrack a bit, um, right after Man of Steel came out, I didn't post it on my wall. I posted in someone's Facebook comments. I was really upset. I said, the next movie, Superman should be hated. He should be... He should be... um, He shouldn't be universally beloved. People should be afraid of him. People should be um, terrified of that he could turn on them. Lex Luthor should be a hero. And so they basically took my, the idea I had and they made Batman the character instead of Lex Luthor, which is understandable. And, and you know what? I actually – I was upset about it because I don't want Superman to be the villain. But in the context of the movie, it made sense. They were playing off of Man of Steel really well. Superman is saving people and people are debating whether or not he does, he needs to be doing this, whether he's a danger to everyone. As contrived and hokey as that whole Lois rescue scene was, it may, it was perfect because now people doubt him even more. He, do, he hasn't established himself mm-hmm. as Superman. Yeah. He doesn't deserve the treatment of Superman. He's still Superman? <laughs> that, the guy that, that, that fought that alien and destroyed the city? I mean, he's kind of saved our lives, but he also... Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, there was no... I would have been much more upset if he was the beloved hero of the world and everyone loved him. I would have been really, really upset because he didn't earn that. He earned a little bit of trepid... Because his, his actions weren't 100%. They right. were... They, they left... And that was the whole, that was my problem with the movie. But they addressed it, which was good. That's the good part. The bad part is, every time he rescues someone... I don't know if they just stuck like a whole box of lemon heads in Henry Cavill's mouth after, like right before they, they filmed the scene, but he's got this <laughs> sour look on his face every single time. Yeah. Every single time he rescues someone, it's like, man, I could be doing dishes right now. Martha made a lemon pie. That's what it was. Right. Martha made a lemon pie and he ate it all. It's just, he, he's, he, there's no joy in it. There's no... I mean, I hate to do it because, because, but I just watched the Supergirl Flash crossover. Yeah. And Supergirl just went through a whole thing where she turned evil and everyone's afraid of her. But Supergirl still kept her levity. And, and the flat, I mean, she was a little upset about it, but she was still able to joke around and try. And the Flash just reinforced that with her. She didn't, he didn't necessarily fundamentally change her outlook. Right. He just said, listen, you just got to keep trying. They'll forgive you. And they did. And they helped her out. Sorry if I'm spoiling the crossover. It's, but, it's fine. It's fine. But anyway, back to back to back to BVS. Um, I didn't. You didn't get that. You just got like 
like like saving people is the hardest thing in the world for him to do because he doesn't know whether he should do it. And it's yeah. like that would never be a problem with Superman. But okay, that yeah. aside, he was starting. He was rescuing people. He didn't care what anyone said. I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then the stupid scene with the with the with the Lex P. <laughs> you, you oh, mean, I love that scene. Oh, really? No, 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 no. It's not stupid. I mean, it, it's fine, but. My it's, thing it's is, flawed. It's majorly flawed. Rat, yes. just, please continue talking because then I need to say how it was flawed. So go okay, ahead. Okay, so it's flawed in the same way that uh, in Man, the way Man of Steel and um, so okay, the climax of the scene where Superman's just standing in the middle of a fire with ashen bodies around him yeah. really pissed me off because that's one that's way too much. That's way over the top. Yeah. And two, super hearing, X-ray vision. You would have think he would have heard the bomb. But he, he wasn't think, listening. He said that himself. Yeah, he again. Okay, that's, but again, he he let himself be taken off his game, and I, I feel like he's he's ne- never been on his game though. Yeah, that's he, the thing. He's he never had, had a game. This is my whole point. He doesn't even this have a game. This is my whole point yeah. in the Man of Steel thing. He doesn't have a game. Yeah. you guys couldn't that's accept just so it then. You're still not accepting it now. And, and, I know and, it's yeah. disappointing. So disappointing. But that's the Superman. At the very least, you so and Jamal especially should be fucking happy that they killed this shitty Superman. And You should okay, love the ending of this and movie. And hold on, that, hold on, that, hold on. I'm going to let Ian make his point, then I'll yeah. get to that. All right, before, before, before we get to that, uh, talking about this explosion, not only, not only was this ridiculous from, from a, a standpoint that Superman was in the room, and yeah, you could say he wasn't listening. Fuck that noise. Superman's always fucking listening, all right? I don't give two shits whether... You know, you're saying that, uh, you know, oh, I failed him, blah, blah, blah. like, nah. no, but he's got to learn to focus, like, in the what was it in the Man of Steel movie? This well, Superman has to learn scene, yeah. to focus stuff when he's behind the room with his super, his supervision, yeah, this, this and hearing and stuff like he's, that. He's, he's got to learn to focus listen, on where he's, he's at. too busy listening to flow is like four states away, then probably uh, a fair point, yeah, 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 that, that, that's another flaw, but yeah, keep going, Ian. Um, strike two for that scene. You introduce, and Brandon and I talked about this in our 45 minutes, but I got to bring it up here because I got to talk about it with you, with you guys. And this is especially going to hit home for Raph. You introduce a badass Asian character in this movie. Okay? Badass. You, she was hot. That's all she was. I did. was hot. I was really digging Mercy. And yes, yes, she was hot. Yes, she was. But but to classify her as badass, I don't know. I, no, she, no, she, well, she, Mercy Graves the character. Mercy, yeah, Mercy Graves yeah, the Mercy character. Mercy Graves is, the character is, from is the badass. animated series is great. And in and Mercy and, Graves anywhere else. Not and really. in the and in the comics to a point, but it's a character that I felt just like with many characters in this film, they just threw away. They didn't. Yep. They didn't give a shit about Mercy. They just used her as a plot device more than a character, and that's disappointing to me. Especially one of the few Asian characters in this entire movie. Uh, oh, you want to talk about throwing characters away? Let's talk about "quote unquote" Jimmy Olsen. Oh, Jimmy we're, we can Olsen. we can do that. That was a, oh my god. But, uh, That's terrible. Look, I have no problem with them killing the photographer and him being a CIA plant. But for you to come out after the fact and call him Jimmy Olsen when his name was never uttered in the cut that you delivered to theaters—that's bullshit. And here's the other thing. There was a, there was a photographer with Clark at the Lex event. I thought that was Jimmy Olsen. So did I. I yeah. just thought that was Jimmy. Like, oh, okay, that's they're, they're not going to acknowledge their friendship, but whatever, it's Jimmy because they don't have time. Right. Oh, speaking of Olsons, the girl in Man of Steel named Jenny was never an Olsen. 
first of all. Second of all, Jenny. in your she's 45... Yeah. She's just Jenny. Yeah. Second of all, Brandon, in your 45 minutes, you said it was a different actress. It's, it's, it's the, the, same the same actress. Yeah, yeah right. I, I looked that just up after that. I want to correct that. Yeah, just, just for <clears throat> complete clarification. Yeah. But Jimmy Olsen, that was another case of Zack Snyder thinking, oh, I'm so smart. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you know introduce a character that people care about and kill him off because you know what I'm too big for this shit I can do whatever I want. That's, well, that, that's, I don't that's know that it's it Zack Snyder necessarily. Then this is Goyer and Terrio. It, well, then Goyer as well, yes. But Snyder came out in the interviews as well, uh, saying as much. Like uh, he was originally going to cast Jesse Eisenberg as. Jimmy Olsen. It said so in in one of the interviews. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, because he had the idea of introducing Jimmy Olsen only to then kill him off because you, they would never kill off Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> uh, so that that's that's was the idea behind it. Like they would just they would intro this character, everybody would think it would be a big deal, and then that's the end of that. I mean, uh, I mean, everybody had. Uh, I'm uh, uh, all over the place tonight, but you know, I think we all had reservations going to this movie that there were going to be too many characters with all the Justice League stuff. Mm-hmm. The Justice League stuff, ham-fisted as it was, mm-hmm. I didn't really have an issue with it because that <laughs> really? was the end of it. Really? really, I didn't say it was smart. I didn't say it was. Smart. Did you have okay? But Brent, but it it it, it was unnatural. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that's exactly. Did I what mind I was seeing yeah. them? Probably not. Would you have rather seen it on a, on a website when you got home? Then in, then, then shoehorned yeah. into this movie. I would rather that have been the end credit sequence or that, yeah, the after credit sequence. Absolutely, yes, but, that would have been perfect. Uh, yeah. See, those guys weren't oh, the problem with the movie. The problem with the movie is that it didn't have enough room for its main characters, regardless of anyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what's bizarre for me is that the writing. I mean, David Goyer's David Goyer. Half the stuff he turns in is crap. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, they need yeah. they need they need new people in this. But he, um, that's the thing. He wrote Batman Begins, and Batman Begins is pretty I know, solid. I know, I, but it's it, that's what I'm saying. Half of it because right? you brought Jonathan Nolan on on the last two films. Did they get better? Yes and no. You know, one's a little bit better than the other. But David yes, Goyer is the only guy on Man of Steel. And regardless of how you feel about that, that script and that movie, script-wise and narrative-wise, way better constructed than this thing. Yes. So um, that's what I don't understand. When you bring in an Oscar-winning screenwriter to do a pass on your script or whatever he contributed oh. to it, how you end up with this just disjointed mishmash Hold on. regardless of editing. You know what I mean? Um, like so I, the script I, should be the script, and then you, you edit around that. Moving mm-hmm. scenes around and this stuff. I know that happens in the edit room sometimes, but the script is your skeleton. And if so the we, skeleton's not right, then you got to lay the blame with the skeleton. No, not necessarily. Cause, uh, Here's the thing. Um, I, I remember reading that Ben Affleck bought, brought him on to rewrite the Batman scene. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, specifically the Batman so, scenes, nothing else. I mean, and we're, we're all in agreement that the Batman scenes, like at least the dialogue, is pretty much good yeah like we we get i mean we get more than Except superman for the fear the rage oh, God. and the whole <laughs> let's go hunting alfred not being there at all right yeah, yeah. i mean that aside i mean but that's like that, that that's probably that's cuts and and different you know whatever also not once did he say the words swear to me and i'm disappointed but if you look at it though i mean we clearly understand batman's motivations we clearly understand why he's doing what he's doing we understand what he's feeling whereas with superman it's just mopey face and kind of like Oh, no one stays good forever, Lois. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm well, go- uh, my, I had I? problems with this Superman. You had 45 minutes, Brandon. Hold on. <laughs> well, no, 
Go ahead, Brandon. That's my bring up a good point, though. Okay, look. Um, it was on my show. We recorded uh, two nights ago. We had an idea saying that you possibly had a great concept for a postmodern Superman right there. And they even asked that question in the movie, which was, does the world need a Superman? And they kind of, even in the, in that little montage themselves, they kind of ducked out of the answer because the senator with her, with her Midwestern charm said, he, he exists. Okay, that's not answering the question of, do we need a Superman? Mm-hmm. And you almost got that answer in the bomb scene. By the way, which is, I think was probably one of the most telegraphed scenes I've seen in a, in a long time. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. It was just so blatantly obvious with the way it was telegraphed. When, when Mercy first looks for Lex, I knew. Yeah. You know, like, it, it was so... And then, and then when she sees the P, I'm like, oh, he decided to be cute before he killed them all. Plus, plus let's, let's, let's focus on the fact that this was one of the more major terrorist attacks in the history of our nation unfolding yeah. uh, upon us, you know, after the 9-11-esque uh, metropolis situation. Like, this is pretty big shit, and I mean, they just sort of gloss yeah. over it in the film. Yeah, yeah I, I'm wondering too. if you're ever going to see Lex Luthor again in these movies, unless Darkseid rescues him and makes him a, uh, a parademon or whatever. I-, I liked Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I still don't understand why they, why they have to go for a goofy, crazy Lex Luthor in all of the films. But you can't get out of prison for this and be forgiven and go back to running your business after you blow up the Capitol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised they're he's not gonna, alive. They're not going to – they shouldn't – Not they're not, but they shouldn't have Lex Luthor in any other DC film after this because he's got to be in prison the rest of his life. And he's going to have all of his assets frozen. His company's going to be disbanded. He's got nothing now. So where do you take the character after that? Space. Well, you could – yeah, or you could make him like an actual threat. Well, I mean, you know, he can he can run a criminal empire. I I don't know. It's really he's he's kind of in. A, he literally put him in a corner. I mean, he's in a corner jail cell. And, and you ne- you never put Luther in a corner. No, much like Baby, they do not belong in corners. I'm, we're jumping around, but uh, so Brent mentioned Fine. the death of Superman, and as soon as that moment happened, two things two things went through my head. One, why didn't you pass the spirit to Diana? And two, why does Zack Snyder like Infinite Crisis number one so much? <laughs> Just to give you guys a frame, a, a frame of reference for that, um, that opening scene, Infinite Crisis, with uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman in the ruined watchtower after OMAC's been activated and it's, uh, the satellite's uh, brother eyes been activated and OMAC's everywhere. They have an argument and... Superman at one point says, I'm not like you, Bruce. I don't need to control everything. Batman says, after all these years, you know it's not about control. It's about trying to do everything I can. And for you, it's about setting an example. Everyone looks up to you. They listen to you. If you tell them to fight, they'll fight. But they need to be inspired. And let's face it, Superman, the last time you really inspired anyone was when you were dead. They just literally put that in my face. Yeah. Because what happens after Superman dies? Batman turns a new leaf. He decides to not be as violent. He's been inspired by the example of Superman. Diana decides to stick around in man's world and decide to build the Justice League. So you couldn't have done that with the living Superman. You had to kill the dude off. Just when I was really kind of starting to like 
get over on I mean, they didn't really redeem him in this movie, but seeing him and Batman and one together, it was enough for me to just kind of go, all right, they're going to team up. Maybe one of them cracks a smile. Maybe we can, we can kind of get like mm. feeling good about everything again. Nope. Just, I love you, Lois. I'm yeah. going to go die now. And we all, and we all know, we all know he's going to be dead just long enough to come back in whatever pivotal scene they need him in against Darkseid, possibly mimicking the first issue of Justice League from the New 52. No, where- I'm, I'm terrified they're going to turn, they're going to turn him evil. And they're going to do exactly what they did in the nightmare in the nightmare dream sequence. And Batman is going to have to desperately try to save Lois and fail. And then Zack Snyder is going to have him turn. And the Justice League is going to have to fight Superman and then fight Darkseid. It's that's cert- what I'm. That's my nightmare scenario. Ugh. That's my nightmare scenario. It, it, honestly, it's mine too because that sounds so contrived and bullshit. But oh, uh, God, so so. But it terrible. sounds plausible considering yeah, what we've seen. I know. And, and I don't want that. I think this Bruce Wayne's more likely to fuck Lois Lane before he's to, <laughs> is to let her die. You know what, so you took her from me would be you 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 took her from me, not you let her die. Took her. Oh, you sexually. know he won't he won't keep in his pants. With his right. penis. It's sexual, baby. <laughs> well, and and going back to earning things, yeah, Superman didn't earn the hero's death. Nope, not even close. Not even close. Superman, no. di- Superman did not at all earn having that large ass, you know, ceremony for him. Yeah, it's just mm, everything was forced. Every single thing was forced. Look, when I saw that spike on Doomsday Hand, I thought, oh, there you go. There's there is Snyder giving us the middle finger to every person watching that movie because <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. It's getting a big old fuck you right to your fanhood. Basically, uh, when I saw that, I was like. I was like, oh, wow, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. They're really swinging for the fences. Yeah. And then my next thought was, well, Jamal and Raph should be happy because they killed this version of Superman. <laughs> okay. That was the exact thought I had in the movie theater the first time I saw it. So my reaction was – so, I, again, actually, it's surprising because that wasn't my reaction. My reaction was, I can't believe they did that just when I was starting to, to really kind of root for them. Because I well, was. I legitimately was. I wanted the movie to end on a good note with them deciding to team up and putting their differences aside and putting together the team. And they're still well, going to do it, but my man's gone. Watching this movie, I understood why you guys didn't like Man of Steel mm-hmm. more okay. with, with Superman watching this film. Okay. I still watch. I will still watch that movie and stand by my thoughts and my review and of fair. that film in itself. But I understand where you guys were coming from in that movie. It's almost like you foresaw everything in this movie. Right. Because I got the emo Superman comments, if, but I got them from this movie. I didn't understand. I don't, still don't understand where you got them from Man of Steel. I know he's still mopey. We all agreed on the last episode that he was raised as a pussy, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, he was definitely mopey and emo in this movie. Like, yep. he's not smiling when he's rescuing the girl from yeah. the factory. What the fuck? Um, he should have been crying more in the fire than he did after he killed Zod. And what I really didn't understand about Superman in this movie, and the writing too, is they totally threw away and or reversed their idea of super- Superman being why he's Superman for- and his relationship to Jonathan Kent. Oh, With God, that line dude. about... S- Superman was his father's dream. No, Which it was, wasn't. wasn't. No, no, it, was it never was. It, that was that was complete crap. It was Jor-El's dream. That I didn't understand that at all. I was like, wait, what? 
Do you guys remember the Jonathan Kent you wrote? Yeah. And do you remember the guy that he showed up to film on Everest or whatever the fuck that was? This weird-ass dream sequence that didn't need to be there at all? No, like, it didn't. It did really you guys didn't. not listen to anything you wrote for him? I don't understand. No, no, Bizarre. This is all complete revisionist history right now. That's what this movie was. And you know what? Here's the thing. The, the thing about Superman's parents are I feel like they're super selfish – there's, there, I mean, okay. I under. So here's the thing. I understand Superman's parents. I understand where they're coming from. If they were anyone else's parents, mm-hmm. because in Man of Steel, Jonathan just all he wanted to do was he knew his son was an alien. He knew people would want to like dissect him and stuff. He wanted to protect his son. What father doesn't want to protect their son? That's normal. But that's not Jonathan Kent. That will never be Jonathan Kent. And Martha going, oh, you know, be their savior. Or don't you don't owe this world anything. Uh uh uh. He literally owes this world his life because if he didn't land on Earth, he'd still be floating around in space. So he literally owes the planet. Not that I'm trying to. Or, or, it's just the semantics of her words are wrong. She's yeah. trying to look out for her son, but that's not what Martha would say. And yeah. she, this she that line wrong. was so weird. It was like they either should have said half of the line in one direction as "Go be their hero," and then ended it there. Or option B would be, you don't owe this world a thing for whatever reason she's going to say that. Still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. But have that be the end of the line. You know, the beginning and end. You don't owe this world a thing. I, option I, B. I, or know, option C, which is what I really think she was trying to get Clark to do. But she should just come out and say it and be brutally honest. Make up your own goddamn mind, Clark, on what you want to be. The Kents right. are defeatist. That's yeah. that, that's what this uh, this movie cemented to me. Uh, Martha was not this in the first movie, but it certainly cemented it here that they are almost afraid of acting on anything, and they have passed that on to their adopted son from another planet. One hundred percent, Brandon. What were you going to say? Well, I mean, I, option D, I guess you could say, would just be be the hero or don't. Yeah, it, w- it would make a lot more sense because it's giving yeah. Clark the onus to do it. I mean, yeah, make up your mind. Saying you don't owe this world a thing isn't – it's more passive-aggressive than anything else. And it's – Yeah. It's so fucking jaded at that also too. It is so disgustingly jaded and, also. And, and, it's, and it, it completely like- falls with the Ayn Randian you know, philosophies that Zack Snyder has as a human being. Like I, I hate to go there, but it's, it's absolutely in, the, in that wheelhouse. Well, here's the other thing, too. Martha sounds like one of those, like, you know, the, the obnoxious kid in school who had the parents that always supported them no matter what? That's what Martha sounded like, even though the, the kid's a shithead. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, it doesn't matter. You don't owe these people anything. Let's go, son. Like, oh, no. one of those helicopter moms. Oh, my, yes. my child is so perfect. Oh, my child's such a perfect angel. No, no, your child is a freaking. Your, your child could destroy us all with just a look. You need. To instill some sort of moral compass into him, Which, you, you to be can't. Fair, Martha did do that in the first movie, right? But Jonathan where was the didn't. Martha, yeah, exactly. They, they, they just like, like you said, they're all over the place with the Kents. The Kents would never talk, and that's the thing. Zack Snyder fundamentally misunderstands Superman. He does not. No, no, get, no. David Goyer wrote it. David, well, okay. David Goyer fundamentally. No, screw that. No, screw, screw, screw that. No, hold, screw, well, well, screw that. Screw that. No. David Gorey may have written the script, but it, as any person who's, who does movies, it's the director's vision that shapes the movie. The, 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 That's the, true. It's his choices. I right. Mean, the screen. It's not filming. The screenplay is what you base your foundation on. 
But if you want to build a crooked house, you can still build a, you can still build a crooked house with a with a bad director. Right. So it's not fair to say that. Well, it, okay, it is fair to say that Goyer doesn't get the character. It's true. Goyer does not get well, the character. Well, I, I don't want to outright blame Zack Snyder for everything in this movie. I feel like no, David Goyer, Chris Terrio should shoulder some responsibility. Oh, I, I agree. Where do we blame Jeff Johns in this as the chief creative officer? I that see, does he have any involvement in this at all? As a producer, he's a chief creative officer for DC Entertainment. Yeah. Well, here, so the thing, where does his involvement come in in this, and where does he, who we know understands Superman, because he's a Donner acolyte as well. He was the guy's assistant for years and years and years. Where does he come down in, on this and go, wait, hold on, you guys, no. I, I That's what I don't understand. Especially on this movie, less so on the last one. Here's the thing, though. But see, Jeff also works. He works very closely on the CW and Supergirl shows. So Which how do got we, it? Right. How do we? So how would does that? Do we? Do we say? So what? What do we say then? Does he let Zack Snyder and and Goyer do whatever they want? Does he? Is he not as active? Is he active and he just wants? He he agrees that the movie should take a certain direction. It's really hard to tell because we don't we don't know what his level of involvement is. It's just We're, inconsistent, I guess. It is. If he, if he is involved, his his the well, way that we can tell he's involved is inconsistent across. Platforms. Yeah, it is because he was very involved in Green Lantern. We all know how that turned out. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So maybe it's just a thing where he just can't handle movies. TV shows are episodic, like comics. Plus, plus, you know what? Okay, no, and and Jeff Johns is an overseer. That's that's true. But as as we made clear with uh, with Zack Snyder, how he's not the writer. Jeff Johns is not the writer. He's not the director. He's involved with the overall process. But if he says. I don't like the way this is going. But every other executive says, I don't know, I think we should trust Zack Snyder's vision. Tough shit, Jeff Johns. Well, yeah, because it is a Warner Brothers production, not a DC Entertainment production. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. So that's true. So, I yeah. Mean, I think, yeah, maybe he doesn't have as much power as we think. He has He has oversight. He does not have control. I, I think what it boils down to is that Jeff Johns picks and chooses what he wants to get invested into. And I'll, I, agree, I agree also, too. Like This felt like a movie by committee at parts. Can we, can we agree with that there? Um, agree with what? Say it again. That, that it actually felt like a movie at parts? <laughs> no, no, well, that, no, that it felt like a movie by committee where it was oh, yeah. tweak this, change that, do this, okay, you can do this, um, we like this, maybe pull this back. Okay, we want, we want, we want, we want more Batman because Batman, really, Batman tests really well with the audiences. <sighs> That's what it feels like. Well, okay. Age of Ultron was a movie by committee. That much, that much we know. Uh, right. You know, Joss, Joss Whedon was wanted to do certain things and was told he couldn't, and that's why the movie came out uh, and did way worse than any fan was really expecting it to. I still enjoyed the movie for the most part because it at least still had. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining. Right. What we have here, and again, completely conjecture. I could be entirely wrong here. I don't really believe this was by committee. I believe this was by committee of Zack Snyder and the writers mm. trying yeah. trying to set up their story because well, they felt their story was more important than telling a big story in this movie. Well, the problem is, though – well, the, here's the thing, though. The problem is they turned this – okay, so I don't think they decided to make it Batman v Superman until a couple weeks before that San Diego 
Okay. And I feel like maybe they had an idea of what they were doing, and then they suddenly went, okay, no, make it Batman v Superman. Okay, no, make it a Justice League prequel with Batman v Superman. That's when they got into trouble because they got all these. Well, it's the there man. Was no, it's there was no script when they had that Comic Con moment, moment a month after Man of Steel opened. Was it that? There was recent? no script. Okay. There was no script at that point. Nothing had been commissioned. I don't really know if any idea had been settled on other than Batman v Superman. Hey, generate a logo. That's it. But I think the thing is, while they were coming up with the script, they probably also came up with the idea of Justice League, and then they tacked it on. And because that's that's the problem, isn't it? The idea we don't get enough of the two characters. The idea that they needed to do Batman v Superman and then they needed to do Dawn of Justice on top of that is what kind of killed the movie, I think. Because that that's what we all agree, right? Because there should have been a Batman movie that set up Batman's motivations, and possibly a second Superman movie. If or you can just go straight no, to BBS. I, I really feel like. This movie could have been a lot better if they had made this a Batman movie. Right. Still called it Batman v Superman, but cut out all the Superman scenes unless Batman was on screen with him. Like, well, then, uh, but then you never and get then Superman have Superman as a villain. No, but that I think that him dying and him sacrificing himself would have resonated more when Batman's like, "Wait, I thought he was the villain." He just sacrificed himself for everybody here. I think right. that would have resonated a little bit more as, oh, I failed him in life because I misunderstood him rather than we got a mixed portrayal of Superman. We got Batman's view and we saw all the, em- th- you know, the emo things Superman was doing at the time. But see, so the we didn't know is, how to feel about Superman. No, see, see, the problem with that, though, is Brent, is that then you never get anything from Superman. So why would you feel sympathetic for Superman? Well, he's coming back, so you'll get it then. I don't know. But the, the thing is, I think we so I think we need to modify what we're saying. So let's change it. Maybe if demopify Superman, make him, and I would have this. I would have been a little upset with it because it doesn't fit the characterization of Man of Steel. But you know what? Toss Man of Steel out the window a little bit and just have him be Superman. Mm. But yeah, it, see, it has I thought at the years. end of Man of Steel with the Predator drone scene. Superman saying he's from Kansas and all that. I thought that's where they had demopified him. Like, but they didn't, and that's the problem. He had figured yeah. it out at right. that point in the film. In that film, I felt like he had figured it out, and we were going to get that guy from this movie. But instead, that's the problem. We got mopey him. Superman. Yeah, they regressed him again because again they don't know. They, I don't think they know what they're doing with him. Yeah, I really don't. I really think that. They took, they killed him, so that he being like you said, he can. Well, either they're going to turn him evil, mm-hmm. or they're going to. He's going to be the ace in the hole. And while the Justice League has come together and they they've tried to stop Dark Side, they just can't do it. Oh wait, who's that flying in? It's Superman! Yay! Well, let me let me also say, talking about regression of characters, uh, Brandon and I brought this up. Uh, oh yes, in, in the do. in the Philly recording, Lois Lane in this movie, complete regression of character. From what they set up in in Man of Steel, uh, she went back to being the damsel in distress. After an entire movie of building her up to be strong and independent, to being the type of woman that you know doesn't take shit from anybody, and who would just you know and mind you, I didn't exactly, I wasn't exactly thrilled about this when it happened in Man of Steel, but it still happened, so I can still bring it up. Uh, you know th- that she has the the strength of character to just bandy right up to a freaking barn in in Smallville. And say, I know your secret. 
that's not the character we got here. We got a character who was almost subservient to her romantic interest. Well, I guess you have to look at that, and you, you take that plucky Lois Lane from the last movie, who gave no shits and where went where she wanted to go. She still does that in this movie. She's in the desert in Africa. She went where she wanted to go in a dangerous place, trying to get a story, right? Yeah. She went to Washington, D.C., chasing this bullet story, going where she wants to go. But what happens to that kind of character that, which is always, it, this was more evident in uh, Lois and Clark, the, the television show in the mm-hmm. 90s. Lois Lane always put herself in these situations where because she had a relationship with Superman, he came and saved her. Right. And I think that's what happened here. Oh. Is you have the same plucky character. I don't think she was regressed. I think it's just you put that character in relationship with God who looks out for her all the time. Of course, she, instead of her figuring out how to get out of situations and becoming MacGyver and being a badass, she's going to be saved by God she's because settled. God's always looking out for her. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that scene, um, there's another thing, and this is a Snyder Snape staple that I've I've kind of become annoyed by, and it dates back to Watchmen. Everyone is no one can restrain their power. You ever notice that? Going back to Watchmen, there's a scene where uh, they're they're going to break Rorschach out, and Silk Spectre and Night Owl are doing their fight scene. They are putting people's heads through walls. Like I don't think they're that power. Okay, so. Fast forward to BVS, the scene where Lois is being held by the African drug lord. Yeah, he but they're did being not... high off off of having sex just before then. Okay, that's okay. Fine. Or was that's that after? Fine. I can't remember. Well, it was after. It, 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 the it whole was after. the whole idea of that book is that it, being superheroes is what gets them off. But they're not superheroes; they're regular people. No, when they put those costumes on, they're superheroes. Or right, they're acting they like how... superheroes. They they're so yeah here, okay. Um, go, that, that that I can accept, kind of. Here's the thing. Superman does not plow through two walls to stop a dude with a gun. We've seen it a million times before. He uses heat vision. He can super speed up and pull the gun away. He is not, you know, J.J. Watt and, and, and the walls aren't the <laughs> offensive line. You know, he does not crush. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't, he doesn't restrain that power. Right. Batman, um, during that really, really awesome fight scene, um, as much as I love it, I didn't think he was strong enough to put holes through walls and through cement and lift an entire crate full of stuff. He's you know, not he strong like, enough to climb along the ceiling, but he did that too. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, it seemed that like he's, a, he's just a little bit too powerful. Flash, the Flash the, even the Flash cameo I have problems with because what's, why, is he flashing his, why is he throwing his lightning around unnecessarily? Like you would yeah, think, what, what no one yeah. no one controls their powers. It's just out there. Yeah, well, well, it's just primarily so, unleashed. Let we we've talked about Superman for a long time. Let's talk about Batman. Yeah. Okay. This Batman, I, I I saw some reviews, whether they were positive or negative, call Ben Affleck the definitive Batman. Hmm. I don't believe that is the case. Yeah. From I, this movie, I, I think he needs at least a couple more appearances before he could actually say. He those needs words. a solo movie. Yeah, he, but I, solo. I I saw people heaping praise upon Ben Affleck as Batman, as Bruce Wayne, and as Batman. And I've, in my opinion, there was very little Batman to be seen in this movie. You know what, Brent? You, you want to know why they're saying that? Angry Batman. You want to know why they're saying that? Because he looked like Batman. It was the it, by far this was the, the best chin. Batman costume and. 
look for Batman in general in any of the movies so far. Well, I still like the Dark Knight costume. I do best. too, and I still like Christian Bale. <clears throat> I mean, I'm still partial to them, yeah. but the costume itself to me is still a little too bulky. I liked, I liked the way they did Christian Bale's in the last two movies. He wasn't mm-hmm. huge, but he was protected enough. This one just made him, like, it almost made him look like a rubber suit, almost. Right. In the, in the like, back in the day. So I don't quite understand. But anyway. It was still simple, though. That, that's that's what I liked about yeah, it, is that yeah. it was very streamlined and that, you know, it just said, you know, this is Batman. You can tell because he has a bat on his chest. Right. So what I, but for me, for him being Batman, like, him doing the detective work was cool. I liked him showing up at the fight club, you know, uh, telling that guy how to win the fight by whispering in his ear and things like that. That's cool. That's Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne looking at Diana Prince as she's, you know, hot as hell. That was Bruce Wayne. That was cool. Yeah. Bruce Wayne waking up with a bunch of broken bottles of wine and shit like that next to a supermodel. That's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. But there wasn't, to me, a whole lot of Batman except for that fight scene. Right. Yeah. No, and, and, and like pure, like yeah. oh, it wasn't a whole lot of pure Batman. That's that's absolutely what I said before about how we don't see the, the the detective in this. Like that's that's a key part of Batman to me. He's not just a guy who throws punches and apparently shoots guns. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy who who has a mind to him, and and we didn't get to see Batman's mind in this movie. Right. We saw Bruce Wayne doing it, but not Batman. Right. What we, and really, that and that's the thing. I think Batman. Batman was a car, basically a cartoon, extreme cartoon version of himself. Mm-hmm. Because what does he do? He he put, he puts people through walls. He beats people up, and then he drives his ridiculously overpowered tank that I mean got a ship dropped on it and just came out like it was nothing. Yeah, he just like a hyper aggressive, super angry like toddler souped up Batman. No, t- t- okay. toddlers. Toddlers, t- right, toddlers, yeah. good. Toddler yeah. works. That but that Batmobile scene. Did anybody like that? Because I was no. bored to death no. No. during that. Both times it was I way saw too it. long. Hated it. It was way too long. It, you Wait. couldn't, and, and you couldn't follow the it wasn't action. Exciting. Yes, you yes. couldn't follow the action with all the freaking jump cuts and shit. Like, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't even tell which direction the Batmobile was driving half the time. Obviously, the Dark Knight Batmobile scene is, you know, probably the best. I still, you know, the Tumblr scene in Batman Begins on the rooftops it was even better than that. This one, I don't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. I, I believe that's the point where I turned to Ian and said, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, there's a scene where the Batmobile jumps through the building and lands on top of the truck. And and you see the guy standing in the truck. Dude, he hits that guy. That okay, guy's no, gone. No, no, no. Let's talk about there were three guys in the truck. There's two guys after the Batmobile takes off the corner of the truck. But then the so main where'd the third guy go? The main henchman, he was hiding underneath that crate and he pops up and starts shooting or something like that. It's nope. I, 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 no, I he, watched it a second he, he time on Monday. Guy. There are three guys. Yeah. He hit the guy in the corner with the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about that scene real quick. Uh, I counted uh, he straight up murdered or sorry, manslaughtered twelve people in that scene. Oh. At least Yeah, I, I didn't like I don't mind him dragging a car behind him. But when he starts flipping them over was, and stuff like that and rolling them, and I was yeah. like, I mean, "This like, doesn't make sense at all." It felt a yeah. little. It felt a little much. Can we say that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was. It was yeah. a little much. Yeah, a little, it was. A, it was a lot much. But then again, but again, you know, in the justification of this darker universe, like I said before, he is a man who 
who's lost everything. He doesn't give a shit. So yeah, he's gonna kill a few guys along the way. He doesn't care. Right, about but that. they the problem with that is I, I agree with that justification. You can make sense of all that afterwards, but they didn't make sense of that for the audience narratively in the film. Right. No, they didn't no, set I, and all I of that, that up. See, I created that justification for myself. It's not like I didn't get that from the film. I I I, I mean I got it it took me it took until I think because we don't see the Robin statue until afterwards, and then that speech about lost friends and all that. I think that was the mansion scene. I think they talk like they talk about that. And and, and, right. t- and it wasn't until then that I got that. And yet again, talking about how every single thing in this movie is set up, like this this was just one two and a half hour long prequel to everything else. Is they could have? I don't know. I just I, fe- I felt like we could have gotten more than just one robin statue with joker writing on it and it didn't they didn't explain it at all they just showed you it and yeah just said, okay here yeah, you go there, the there one was sto- no line about it at all right. i would have no, appreciated no though yeah a line of dialogue like like you know after after what happened to, to they didn't even have to say jason you know after what happened to robin never again or i say it was it was a good soldier give me that okay i'll take that All right well, I think I have a feeling that the scene that Batman appears in in Suicide Squad has a direct correlation to that. I feel like it's gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see Joker to face the statue in Suicide Squad. I have a I have no basis on that. I just kind of feel like that's why they put it in there so that you can go yeah. see Suicide Squad and go, oh look, I saw that in BVS. Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, I, I get it. It's not a you know, it's it's just a hunch. Let's talk about Wonder Woman because we haven't actually talked about her at all, and she is one of my major positives of this movie. Uh, I, oh, yes. I, I, I felt like there was a really good Wonder Woman short film in this movie that could have very easily be excised. <laughs> like, I want someone on YouTube to just cut out all the Wonder Woman scenes and put them together as one thing, and I'll watch that <laughs> because, because she was the shining star of this entire thing. Gal Gadot, not only did she look like Wonder Woman, but she felt like her, uh, she she exuded personality when she was on the screen, even if she was only in five or six scenes. I, she sold me more than anything else in this movie. Yeah, I really liked her. Yeah, she was terrific. I think we all, I think we're all in, in agreement there. She was... That's the one thing that's got a 100% meter on the tomato meter from Rotten Tomatoes is Wonder Woman. Yeah. I don't think anybody disliked her. Oh, yeah. And and if you and if you did, uh, you're you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and here's the thing, like um, I know people were ragging on on her when she first got cast. I thought she was fine. Oh, I never yeah. I never had a problem with her casting. I mean, yes, she's skinny, but she didn't feel like like she was a stick in the movie. She felt like she was a warrior woman who could hold her own against a, a gigantic Kryptonian mutant monster thing. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, had the same face as the, as the traitor in Three Hundred. Yeah. Really? And and the cave troll from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They, there's a there's a, a thing on YouTube going around about how movie monsters in the last like since 2004 are large, no nose and gray. I don't know how to find it or search for it, but there's like it's a long diatribe and he basically shows like cave troll, doomsday, you know, and it throws in a bunch of other examples and they're all gray monsters. Really bizarre. Oh, and since we're talking about uh, things things we enjoyed, talking about how there was a really only one supporting character in this in this entire movie worth the worth a damn, and it was Alfred. I really, wish, I, I feel like it. Yeah, uh, Alfred, uh, Alfred, it, Alfred totally worked for me in this movie. Uh, he worked half of the time for me in this movie. 
mainly because I didn't understand where the rage line came from. Like, what He's, was the point of that? He was trying to tell Bruce his own rage about his situation was was being misdirected towards Superman. It was during that whole argument then, where he's like... Then fucking come out and say that! Well, because, or at least have Bruce respond to the metaphor. That's what yep. I don't understand half the time about this stuff. It's like, they're trying to be cool, but there's, there's two parts of the conversation. The person you're speaking, and the person being spoken to, and the response... Right. There's two parts in the conversation. No, there's, you there's can't a just lot show of half a conversation and call that a good scene. No yeah, way. Go, this goes back to your your original point, though. There, there, there is so much connected tissue missing from this movie. It is right. ridiculous. It, you, have to, is, you have to connect it yourself a lot, which I right. did, but I didn't. You know, I don't. I don't feel like I should have to do that with the movie. No, you shouldn't. That's right. lazy filmmaking. It is la- lazy. It is so. Well, it's, such lazy. it's also. It's a clusterfuck. This movie is. is a clusterfuck. So yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. And and for and for someone who who prides himself, usually Zack Snyder is pretty tight with his movies. You know, usually you can feel the flow of the movie coming, and the both the director's cut and the original version of Watchmen. You know, it's it's a very seamless movie. You know, scenes go as they go. And you feel like you're getting the overall flow of what's going on, and not not to be found here at all. Yeah, this I, this is the worst Zack Snyder movie so far. Really? Worst, worse than Sucker Punch? Probably not. Second worst. Okay, <laughs> okay thank you. <laughs> but not but not by far. Yeah. Not by much in terms of narrative mm-hmm. and you know things making sense. Yeah, in some places Sucker Punch might exceed that because they, I believe Sucker Punch comes out right and tells you that. It's a dream world where all the cool shit's happening. Yeah. Yes. The one time Alfred was awesome is when he was talking about the future Wayne generations, mm-hmm. if he's Never. lucky. No. Uh, while no, he was, was drinking the whiskey. Yes. Never. Was, was calling him on his shit. That's what I liked about it, though. He, he actually called him out and said, you're, you're straight fucking up. You need to do better. Yeah. Yeah, and, Wait, which and, is what Alfred would do. Right, that's that's Alfred's role. He's he's the guy who reminds Bruce how to be not only Batman but how to be Bruce. You know, he he is that's that's exactly what he's supposed to be as as a supporting character. Um, talking about uh, and talking about supporting characters, everybody at the Daily Planet was yet again completely underused in this, just like they were in Man of Steel. Uh, because what happened to Lombard? I'm with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Like he's too busy on House of Cards, maybe while this was filming. It's a shame, man. I, I would have liked to at least see have one. Like again, if this movie actually know, knew how to be light every now and then, like at least one throwaway, just like we said about Man of Steel, like one throwaway to the freaking sports <clears throat> would have been fine by me. Oh, so I was wondering, going to sports. Yeah, I saw something else or read something else on the internet these past four days. Mm-hmm. That was one. They were asking if the whole sports thing that he was supposed to be covering about glories dashed mm-hmm. is the cyborg, the new Fifty Two cyborg origin, where he's playing in football and then gets hurt. Possibly. And if that was supposed to be the story that um, Clark no. was supposed to be covering, because the cyborg video looks like it's been in Lex's files for a while. Right? I don't know. Just ask. It. With the with the editing, it's so like how many how many days did this movie take place over? You know, like is it was it a week, a month, two months? Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. Well, yeah, and and that's and that's a problem with the overall flow. Other than the fact that we know that it's been eighteen months since the the big Metropolis incident. That's really the only thing we do know. We don't know how long this movie itself 
is is taking place over. Uh, is, but that, you can say that for a lot of movies, though, and I remember you guys saying that about Man of Steel because I heard it last night when I listened to it. But you can say that for a lot of movies, and I don't mm-hmm. want like dates every time a scene changes. Oh no, you don't oh, yeah. need it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. It's just I, I, I like to have a basic idea of how long it's been. Also, yeah. did we actually ever see um, Ferris? Oh, wait a yes. minute. She was Ferris. in the Situation Room on the phone with the nukes. She was the one that thought he was hot. Yep. So Hal's future girlfriend love interest thinks Superman is hot, right? Is that that's that's the You're same? You're allowed. You don't have a top ten list. I'm no. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to put it together in my head. It works. You have okay. a top ten no, no. list. That's it. I do have a top ten list. It's totally I mean, fine. I mean, don't you yeah. think? Don't you wish your Kal-El was was hot like me? I don't know. Uh, the... <laughs> I want to talk about some things I did like in this movie. Please yeah, do. Let's do that. Please Mostly do. the visuals. Mm-hmm. The first thing I really liked when they fucking nuked Superman and Doomsday, and you had the Dark Knight shot of nuclear Superman all gaunt and shit, mm-hmm. and coming back to life. I thought that was the fucking balls. That was. That was awesome. Yeah, I they, liked that. They, they, they did. They oh. did a good. They did a good job with that. Yeah. And things. These are all of these are things that, that we didn't see in the trailers, which did give away the whole movie pretty much. Like yeah. there wasn't anything in the trailers that you know you really didn't see other than oh Superman dies. Yeah, as, um, a, as opposed to Fantastic Four, where everything you saw in the trailers didn't actually wind it in wind up in the actual movie. Uh, just about everything in the trailers of Batman v Superman wound up in the movie and gave away the movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, so another thing I liked, I did, even though I've seen that shot a million times before, I still a smile still came to my face when Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were on screen at the same time yeah. for the first time. Mm-hmm. I still smiled both times I saw it. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Uh, actually, one of my favorites, and this is more of a Superman moment, is when okay. So first off, all of the Alex Ross paintings were terrific. Oh yeah, um, what mm-hmm. paintings? The, the like the the the, the shots where they straight up stole from Alex Ross, which is totally cool by me. <laughs> like um, when he's floating over the flooded house, I thought that was cool. Him rescuing the worker in the factory, that was cool. Except for is the that fact all from a, the Alex Ross Paul Dini book or something? I think so. The um, Peace on Earth one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They were. It was very evocative of it, and I and I I, I liked it. it. It really tugged at me. So, um, but the other scene I really liked was when Superman was recovering from the kryptonite dust, and Batman's pounding on him, and he's pounding on him, and it's and then he's his his face is moving less, and then it's just metal on on even harder skin, and he's like, okay, okay, chill, chill out, chill out, soups. It's it, and then he just throws him into a wall or something. That that was pretty hilarious to me. I I, I, I think I the thing out. I liked. The thing I liked the best, the biggest smile I got to my face was uh, they were fighting Doomsday, and it's just a, th- it's almost like a throwaway shot. But Wonder Woman's holding him with her fucking lasso, mm-hmm. and the lasso yeah. is glowing. Yeah. Oh man, I smiled so hard when I saw that. That was, cool. yep. that was awesome. So there are some moments in this movie that really worked like that, but unfortunately the narrative just falls apart. One thing that surprised me is that Super or not Superman, Doomsday was as big as he was. He was huge. Like when yeah. when he when he first yeah. stood up, I was like, "Whoa, they made him big." And and, and my uh, I had problems with the look of of Doomsday. I Well, I think he should have been bonier for sure. Well, yeah. yeah. It should it shouldn't have had to take uh the nuclear blast from Superman 4 Quest for Peace to make him bony. 
Like that. He should have started the bony he ended up on this movie and went to full doomsday bony. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes sense in some in some respect because I, I guess they they were only kind of played at the mythos of doomsday. Like if you knew it, you understood it. But like that the the boneless one was like his, like his quote unquote proto form for the character, and then with each subsequent death, quote unquote, he he became more bonier. But they didn't explain it properly. Yeah, and I know he's supposed to be a deformity of, like, human and Kryptonian DNA at that point because Lex injected his stuff or, you know, drifted all into the Terragenesis chamber. Or wait, no, that's inhuman, so shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, so I guess I understand why he didn't start out bony, but they should have taken it and made it true. If they're going to – if Zack Snyder's going to take all these other visual cues from the comics, they could have at least got the character design right. Because they did it with everybody else in that movie. I mean, it's a sad day when Smallville makes a better Doomsday than a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and that Doomsday him. was terrible still. <laughs> they chumped him out so bad. Yeah, I, and and I, I still felt like it looked way too much like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle from the Michael Bay films. Well, the no-nos. <laughs> Once you get rid of the nose, so everything starts to look the same. You're right. No, absolutely, Brent. 100%. Yeah, uh, they, I don't know why he didn't have a nose. They should have given him a nose. Yeah, and and, and you know what? Uh, going back to things that uh, that worked in this, like the you know the Dark Knight Returns, you know, flash of lightning and all that. I mean, while it might have been, they might have staged it a little bit too much. It was still pretty to look at. So oh, I'll, yeah. So I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was cute. Yeah. Oh, that like, or that or that cool scene where the cops went to release the Asian sex workers. Mm-hmm. And there's uh the there's Batman just hanging in the corner like a la, a la Dark Knight like oh that was okay that's pretty cool and then he kind of turns away from him also yeah oh man and uh and whoever played Neil deGrasse Tyson spot on I think that was actually him it was actually him. <laughs> that was the most accurate portrayal in the movie I think yeah yeah he really was really Neil deGrasse Tyson in in that that whole part I really think like was him trying to do the Dark Knight. Uh, talking head television thing too, the commentary on Superman because mm-hmm. that book is littered with commentary on Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I could I could see that. Yeah, it was also well, and it, it was his it was his way of doing Superman's story without actually doing devoting more time to him because he, the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, would, if you if you gave both characters the time they deserved, that would be a four hour movie. Yeah. <sighs> well, what I think, and I want to go. So I want to go to the the Superman Batman fight. Which I thought was terrible. Oh, it, it's so horribly paced. It was boring yeah. as hell. Yeah. And I kind of expected some sort of discussion about morality and responsibility and Batman berating Superman. Like, maybe not in the sec- in the main fight. Yeah. But I expected there to be some sort of discussion between the two characters when Superman ripped off the top of the Batmobile. Other than... The bat is dead. Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. And then, and then Batman said, a, "No, I'm not dead. My parents are dead." Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think there should have been a meaty discussion of, of the morality between the two characters because I think you would have understood where one or the other was coming from then, Ebony and be able to pick a, a person to root for. You know, I just I, you know, I, I just realized. Uh, that scene where Lois and, and, and Superman are talking on the, on that balcony, Superman refers to himself as an alien. He does not identify as Clark Kent. Hmm. That's true. That's the problem. 
he does not identify as Clark Kent. Yeah. He's an alien with pow- with powers of a god. Still, still going. That's all yeah. he ever sees himself as. Absolutely going back to what we said before about how he's a god yeah. in this movie and he's not a man. Yeah. Even he sees himself as that, and that's the and that's the fundamental problem of the of Superman. By the, by, Superman. By the way, what, since we're talking about the fight, uh, let's bring up Lex Luthor real quick because I feel like we haven't actually touched on him enough in this in this movie. Um, I love Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> I have had at least two or three Jolly Ranchers a day ever since that scene. <laughs> I feel like Zack Snyder wrote the character of Lex Luthor with an idea in his head. In his head, personally, and yes, I know Zack Snyder didn't write the movie. You don't have to say it again. Uh, but fine, the screenwriters wrote Lex Luthor with an idea in their heads that he was being controlled, but didn't bother to actually let on to us at all right? Yeah. that he was being controlled. See, the way I took it was um, there was that scene in the ship where uh, the uh, Kelex or whatever, the, the ship AI tells him that the ship has knowledge from over 100 galaxies, and he's like, show me all of it. I, f- I figured he learned about Darkseid there, flipped out, and just started going, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> that was such a weird scene. Maybe, and I, I, but that, that was... pissed me off, actually. See, I think... It- I was looking for in the very end when they were in Luther's house and the, you had the the painting shot where Luther flipped that painting upside down. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to look at that painting very closely and find a parademon or a mother box there. I thought I thought I saw like a a weird square like I didn't see that. I I didn't see it. I was hoping to find it's just some sort of wings. a apocalyptic thing or a mother box just to say Lex's family's been fucked up with mother boxes and all this other shit the entire time and, and that that's why he knows sense. about dark side right because that's a little hint that you can throw and that works a little bit better than you assuming that he got information of dark side from the Kryptonians or whatever. Speaking of which, because they didn't, because they cut that part out. Yeah, I bet it's in the lost cut. How about how about the deleted scene they released two days after the movie came out in theaters? That's basically what it was, wasn't it? I saw it two days ago. I don't remember it that well, but it's the SWAT team getting into the ship, and then they find him, and like Lex, there's something, some CG thing pops up, and it disappears. And mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to be Dark Side related. I you guess. know, it's, it's the, people are saying it's Steph Wolf because it's got big horns. Uh huh. Okay, but but that's just it. Like you, you had so many other useless things in this movie, and you cut the one scene that I feel like drove home what they're what they were obviously trying to say in that right. there's some sort of brainwashing going on with Lex. Eh. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. Okay, man. So yeah. I pulled it up and um it's it's yeah, it's it's the dude with horns. I guess it is Steppenwolf and he's got three mother boxes in front of him and there is something on the back of Lex's head. But those mother those mother boxes are totally different than Cyborg's mother box. Right. They look like they actually kind of look like the cubes from Hell, um, Hellraiser. They're A the cube bit. from the first Transformers movie. <laughs> uh, there you go. That's exactly what it is. Oh man! So there's something on the back of Lex's head, and it it's three red dots, and it looks like the dots on Brainiac's head. That's interesting. Huh. So oh, maybe there's a Brainiac I- influence in all of this. Speaking of which, though, talk about a wasted character also that they could have that they could have at least alluded to. Oh, Brainiac, yeah, yes, 
Yeah, because they they had their chance. They had multiple times they had their chance. You know, I mean, like be, being inside of the Kryptonian ship, like they could have. You know, hello, I am the Brainiac AI. That would have been easy, right? But they didn't. But eh, whatever. Oh well, we we we, we can't. Um, we, you know, if, if we we could do what ifs for this movie until the end of time. Uh, <laughs> and, what if instead of calling Michael Shannon in to do a body cast, they just put him in the water? <laughs> yeah. What yeah. if? I know he may be a difficult actor, but that fucking rubber Michael Shannon looked like shit yeah. in the water. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it really did, yeah. Terrible. Now, uh, Took uh, me out of it. Speaking of, Although spe- he makes a good Jonathan Kent. Yes, and I, and I, I was just going to say, I, I saw Midnight Special uh, yesterday. I and, saw the, the commercials and trailer for it. And I, I loved it. Uh, I felt like, I'd say a lot of the beats in that line up with what I would have liked to have seen from a Superman story. And and frankly, I would be perfectly okay if the director of that wound up taking over the uh, the Superman franchise at some point. I He was originally tapped to do, I believe, Aquaman for a short time, but then wound up dropping out uh, because I, I believe he, he decided he didn't want to do that sort of movie at the time. Okay. But so, um, who knows? Was it... Was it me, or did Aquaman look a little too confused at what a camera was before he stabbed it through and ran away? Well, maybe oh. he's never seen one before. I don't know. Oh god, but that whole that whole scene just just screamed of test footage, though. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, hey, hey, Jason, can you just hop in the water and like look confused at the camera? Yeah. At least they shot it for real underwater, though. Right. Not yeah. Air for water, dry for wet. You know. Jeff Nichols is his name, by the way, the uh, the <clears throat> director of Midnight Special and writer of Midnight Special, I might add, because huh? he is a writer, so he can, they can always bring him on to do the next script for one of these freaking things. Who knows? All right. He's uh, open. So, so we we've been talking a while now. Let's let's wind it down. Any final thoughts about the film that we have not brought up yet? Any any key points that want that you want to address, uh, Brent? Uh, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, I just want to hit on Lex again, and mm-hmm. I liked this version of Lex. I, I thought the performance was fine. The choices were fine for what they were going for. I guess I just don't understand DC or Warner Brothers or whoever the hell is in charge reading all the comics history of Lex Luthor, watching the Justice League series, the Superman series, and still going with a goofy fucking Lex. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Like, why Why does the film history of Lex Luthor trump the comics or animation interpretations? That's okay. what I don't understand. So disappoints me. It really does. Because, you know, Lex Luthor could be so much more menacing if you just dialed it back. Clancy Brown? Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum mm-hmm. for yes. I don't know how long. Ugh, what a it's a shame. <clears throat> yeah, Raph, uh, f- your final thoughts from you. Uh, two things mainly. One, um, this this is going to answer. This is kind of a thing that relates to Brent's thesis that really is what, what what worries me about the DC cinematic universe. We were talking about how uh, I think Brent, you're saying how um, it, you know why can't I accept. Or why can't Superman fans accept that this is just an interpretation? The problem is, is this. The first time I saw the Christopher Reeve movie, I was three. 
The first time I saw George Reeves, I was three. The first time I read a comic book with Superman in it, I was seven or eight. There were a lot of people who just used movies to introduce their kids to characters. And to be quite frank, if I feel bad for every single child whose first experience with Superman is Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Because that is not what I would start off with, and it kind of ruins it, period. I think that ruins the character for the child. Because uh, I've heard stories, or I've heard stories, I saw something online where a five-year-old, no, a seven-year-old got really upset at the, at BVS and had to leave the, leave the movie theater that the, that the reviewer was in, yeah. because he couldn't take it anymore. Oh, um, yeah. Well, like, hold, yeah. hold on. Oh, in. Yeah, Brandon, go ahead, talk. Yeah. <laughs> that, happened, that happened behind us at the theater. Yeah. This little kid started bawling his eyes out. Oh man! Yeah. Um, when, so, yeah. When, when Superman died, he 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 couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. I almost started crying. I'm I'm 32 years old. Yeah. The other thing. So and then um, when Superman snaps Zod Zod's neck back in Man of Steel, my coworker was sitting next to a father and a five year old, and the five year old little girl looked up at her dad and said, "Daddy, what did Superman do?" That is why I cannot subscribe to this being a movie. This movie Superman existing because. It's the main Superman for a lot of people. A lot of well, people. It don't doesn't exist anymore. It's fine, and I get it. Rejoice, I get it. rejoice, I and, and I, I'm good with Hallelujah. that. <laughs> I wanted to address that because I I wasn't here for the Man of Steel one, and I I wanted to bring that point up. The other thing is, I really want to see Superman lives. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I no, I want to go back in time and give Tim Burton 150 million dollars and go make it, um, just to see. What would happen, and to just because you know what I've seen, I've seen this crazy batshit movie. Why can't I see the other one? You know what I can support that because you maybe you'll appreciate Man of Steel more, right? Because the, because, because that's going to be we're fucking talking about nuts. different perspectives of Superman, right? So there we go. And now I want to because I've seen this crazy dark weird world that Snyder's created. I want to see Tim Burton's. I want to see as many as I can so that I can really appreciate, you know, the all-star Superman that I, you know, the classic Superman, the electric blue Superman that I've grown to know and love. You know, you know what, you know what, Raph? We watched most of that uh, documentary together. We did. And, and remember, we said we were interested in seeing what would happen. Yeah, we were interested. Uh, I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that documentary, like, couldn't get its audio levels right. And that's what no. broke me about it. Oh, it was, yeah, it was... That was the most annoying thing is when they're cutting between interviews and the audio levels are all fucked up. Yeah, that's, that's like, fair. come on. That's, that's perfectly fair. I mean, again, it was an amateur production uh, on a somewhat, you know, high level uh, due to the Kickstarter backers and all that stuff. So they uh, yeah. they worked with what they could. And I mean, they, they did a decent job with it. Uh, they could have done a little bit of a better job. But I, I liked the overall plot of the documentary. That, and they got a lot more interviews than I ever thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they got Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, well, that dude's secluded. <laughs> I know. A little less so these days than, than it used to be from, from what I've seen, um, possibly, okay. possibly since the divorce. I, I'm i just going to leave it with, with one more thing, and it is that obviously everyone on this call was for the most part in the same place with this movie. Uh, different than what happened with Man of Steel when it was, as I put it on, on Facebook, a 
80s WWF tag team match where one of the tag team partners uh, winds up turning on the other halfway through the match, and then it's three against one. You can hear Brandon turn in the first ten minutes of that show. (laughs) You can hear it. It was was Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, man. You were the fucking rockers. I was listening last night, and I heard Brandon's head turn around backwards. Like the Exorcist in the first ten minutes, and, and I was like, "There's the moment. There's the fucking moment." Sorry. Uh, well, at least it's a little more balanced this time. I think we're all in the same place. Yeah, but uh, because it's it's for people in the negative here, this is going to go out to all those who who enjoyed the film. That's okay. That's one hundred percent okay. If you got through what is going to wind up being about a two hour and forty five minute. Slagfest on a movie and the setup for said movie, and and you still have the opinion that you're positive about it. First off, I want to thank you for listening to this whole damn thing, <laughs> and 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 second of all, that's perfectly okay. It's okay, Daryl. We still love you. It's perfectly no, okay. No. I I I started this off saying that I think this is a three star movie for comic fans. Yeah. Three out of five. Right. Three stars is average. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not terrible. Right. Like to it me, it could have been more though. It could definitely could have right. been more, but to but, me, but there for, are, every, there are, for every reviewer out there saying this is the worst piece of shit no. ever constructed, no. there are far, far worse films than Batman v Superman. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Even the, I can't agree with that. And the, the fact that it, that it still had like a 30% rating actually kind of says that <clears> because <throat> there are other movies that did a hell of a lot worse fan stick uh, on the review <laughs> end uh, that – absolutely deserve their like nine percent <laughs> you know and, and uh that, that freaking alvin and the chipmunks movie that came out i'm pretty sure did a hell of a lot worse on the reviews Chipwreck? yeah uh Roadship? whatever it was called some of the chip pun yeah, yeah. I, I just i just love the you can still tell that there's still a smear campaign against this movie because i think you posted it ian on the comic timing feeder i don't know it's your personal one yeah about the big uh, Friday to Saturday drop in percentages right. or Friday to Sunday drop. Mm-hmm. It's Easter weekend. And then what I thought was crazy, this movie had the best Monday record and the best Tuesday record. $15 million on Monday, right. $12 million on Tuesday. This film still making a ton of money, yeah. and people want to analyze, overanalyze it in well, a negative fashion. Well, the, so uh, well, look, what, I'm, what I want to say though yeah. is that there is, I believe, there really is a smear campaign out against DC and Warner Brothers in this film. It's unfortunate that this movie didn't prove all those haters wrong. Is my main point. Well, those those who dislike something will continue to dis- to dislike it and will continue to you know post things about it. I I for one, yes, I did post that article, but I but I said so on the on the post itself, and I've said and I'll say so here is that I'm I'm a media nerd, so I actually really look at these things closely. I'll probably a lot more close than than other, than other people do, uh, in the fact that I know that this movie cost just about $800 million to put together after the budget for the movie and the ad campaign and all that. And I know it needs to make back $800 million. Right now it's at about $500 million, which is you know on, on the right track. So I'm looking at these drop-offs in, in numbers saying to myself, okay, let's see how it does next weekend because that's going to be a mm. huge tell as to whether or not this is going to have staying power in the box office or whether or not it's one of those movies that does well its first weekend and fizzles off by week three. And right. they need it to be the type of movie that sticks around for two months. 
in the box office and still it's not going to be Force Awakens. Oh no, absolutely not. No, no not in any way. This Nothing is not going to make ever a will. Yeah, this I is not this, this, this is not though. a billion dollar movie. Come on. Right, but I will say this though. So I went from never wanting to see any DC movie ever again after after Man of Steel to getting excited for Wonder Woman, really excited for Suicide Squad, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm really up in the air about Justice League. I, I really am. I, I mean, I. I go, I go, I want to watch a DC movie for Superman, and I'm just not feeling Superman. It's going to be hard for me to sit through. I mean, I was do. I'm, I'm don't ask me when the movie comes out. Don't ask me now. Oh yeah, no, and and I and feel, we we know nothing about it. There and there's so many movies ahead of this now because right. because of the way they set this up because they decided that they had to have their Batman v Superman now. You know, we first have Wonder Woman, Aquaman. I think Cyborg comes out after Justice League, so we don't have to worry about that. But you know, we we have a couple of years until Justice League Part One. Actually, I think it comes out next winter. Wait, does it it really? does. This next year is twenty seventeen. Really? It's fast. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're doing. They're start filming soon. Actually. So they're doing they Wonder Woman. Filming. Wow. In four weeks, April twenty second, they're in pre pro. Wait, seriously? But they've got everybody yes. down there. Yeah. Oh god. It comes out uh, November twenty seventeen. Oh, never mind. It's fast. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's hey, it. They, they, they fast tracked it. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I think they came up with the idea to do Justice League right around the time they did BVS. Yeah. So I think they've been working on at least they have an outline of a script at this point, if not a, a, a rough. No, script. they better have a full script by this. Right. Point. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, they they should be pretty well into just they, they're probably in previs. Probably. Yeah. No. Further than that, they're they're four weeks away from shooting, right. man. So they're probably they're probably in in, pre, in pre-production. So they're yeah. in they're in rehearsals. Is what they're in. Yeah. But but anyway, what, what, going going back to what I was saying though is that there are people that are perfectly fine with just seeing the characters that they have wanted to see on the screen be on the screen for the first time. They they're able to channel their their inner childhood and just appreciate the movie for what it is. And more power to you with that. You know, if 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 that's what drove you to the theater and you felt that all the way through that's awesome like i applaud you for that and i hope that you know you continue to enjoy the movie and that it doesn't sour on you in any way uh i know there's also going to be people that wind up seeing the movie now and similar to what happened with episode one of the phantom menace it's going to basically sink in after a while and opinions might sour a little bit as time goes on because the hype right now is still oh my god we got this what happens in six months? You know, will, if, will people if, continue to feel the same? If you look, if you really, really like this movie and you didn't like our review, mm-hmm. I encourage you probably to go seek out Raging Bullets' podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that those, that Sean and Jim absolutely loved it. 100%. And picked it apart and, and found something to love about mm-hmm. every part of this movie. Right. But because Sean is, this, is the type of person that, you know, that I love is that he's also the type of person that can easily take criticism and take the fact that other people might not have felt the same way. Right. right. Yeah. That's but I'm saying I'm giving listeners an alternative absolutely. perspective. If 100%. they want to hear one, yeah. we you, know those guys have one different than ours. Totally. For sure. If you just sat Definitely. through this entire episode as someone who liked this to listen to a bunch of people who didn't like it, please listen to raging bullets at RagingBullets.com. also in their 10th year. And I congratulate them on that yes. uh, for the amazing achievement for that matter. Julian Lytle and ignorant bliss. Uh, they're in their fifth year now. So, Oh man, geeks United hits 10 next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. you haven't been recording strong. continuously. Uh, yes, yes. Hey guys, right. hey guys, guess what? Eight years for quarter bin. 
hey, never come out. Hey, Brandon, you you have a show again. All right, that's yeah, yeah. That, that's that says something. Hey, Brandon, know, right? what happened to that web comic you were working on three years ago? <laughs> uh, it's called real. It's called real life. My, uh, my web comic is my life right now. <laughs> but can I get a final thought real quick? Yeah, please go right ahead, man. All right. So I I don't want to say that I hated this movie. That I don't, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the word that comes to mind is disappointed with yeah. this movie. That's that's yeah. that's and, just about all of us. Yeah. yeah. And look, <sighs> there are things that I liked about this movie, and there are things that I did not like about this movie. It, it, it it's almost like Man of Steel, where it's like that that last little bit just kind of sours the entire thing for me. And this movie here is a prime example of when a director think that he thinks that he's a director's director and he becomes, he, he finds more worth in his own self than the work that he's doing or the people that he's serving by being a director Mm -hmm. and being an usher for these characters. Right. And, I was on a, a diatribe on Facebook before, and a person posted this stupid picture saying that if you're a comic fan, you, you love the movie. If you're a, not a comic book fan, you're going to be okay with it. And if you're looking for a Marvel movie which is full of fluff and filler, you're not. Gonna, it's not your movie. And I kind of said that that's not true. This is this movie is a dumpster fire, for lack of a better term. There are so many things going on in this movie. Is it's hard to decipher what is being said. Mm-hmm. It's hard but to that, believe you th- that you liked part of this movie and then you call it a dumpster fire. Oh Just no, saying. no, because you, you can pick you can pick things that you like in a movie. Like I said before, I, there are things in Man of Steel that I liked also as well. It doesn't mean I, I have to forgive the sins that, that the movie commits, though. Uh, this movie is full of spectacle, and in my mind, spectacle doesn't always make. Actually, doesn't ever really make a good movie. Spectacle is just gratuitous eye porn, for for lack of a better term. Right. And this movie is full of eye porn. There are scenes which look really, really good, and then there, and the but it's mired by a plot which is only so so. It leaves dangling plot threads. It, It leaves characters out of action far longer than they need to be. And only being relevant when the plot, when the basic plot serves it. So that being said, I mean, I don't. It's I don't want to sound like I'm tearing the movie apart, but it's just that it's hard to forgive some of the larger egregious sins that this movie commits. Yeah. No. And and I think that and and hopefully this doesn't come off wrong as I say it is that if you're a fan of movies and you're a fan of comic books. Chances are you're not going to like this movie. No, it's hard to like this movie. Right. If you're a fan of comic books who just likes watching comic book movies, then you might like this movie. Really? No, you know what? I really think it, 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 it's more than that, though. It, it depends on how you feel about the characters, too. Because if you're a big Batman guy and, you want, and you've always wanted to see a Batman like this totally unleashed, it's a pretty awesome movie. For for a person like that, mm-hmm. for you know, for me, you know, it's it's a disappointing movie. It's it's a little heartbreaking because I really wanted to see them do, do more with Superman, but I'm not ready to shut this movie down like I did Man of Steel. So I think that's a positive. Yeah, well, because this, I think this, I think there's positives here. This this had 
because this had parts to that that made me look forward to other things. Right. And Man of Steel did not for me. So that that's that's the way I'll I'll end it with. Yeah. Yeah. What what are our what are our overall ratings here? Uh, I gave I gave mine uh, like a two two and a half. Uh, Brent, what are, what what do you got? Um, I mean, I think I, I this said three for comic fans, right. two for non comic fans. Yeah. Okay, so it's a three for you. Yeah. Okay, Raph. Uh, and same thing. Same thing. Two, two and a half. Um, depends on what mood I'm in. Um, objectively, probably. Ooh, I don't know. Two, uh, because of the bad editing and and the how everything's all over the place. Probably two and a quarter. The Batman fan of me kind of is like two and a half. The Superman fan of me. Make is up like your damn mind, Clark. Somewhere. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. Okay. Two. Yeah. yeah, let's go two. And Brandon, you s- you said two and a half, right? I said two and a quarter. Yeah. Two and a quarter. Okay. All right. So yeah, I mean, out of, out of five, that's fifty percent, just about. Yeah, that's that's, that's makes sense. Th- here we are, and uh, I'm sure we will have a much happier and much more positive review for Civil War. And it's not because we're Marvel and DC fans; it's because that looks better. So. <laughs> Eyes we'll, we'll we'll find out in May whether or not that indeed is the case, uh, guys. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, for one thing, Raph, good having you back on the show. Make that more regular. Oh yeah, well, and you guys, uh, you guys definitely come on Geekshin at some time. It's been a long time since Absolutely. I had you. If, if, if it's I go, a long running show. If I go back in time five years, I will make sure to do that. Uh, <laughs> give everybody your various. Once uh, is high, by the way. <laughs> I told I told you he added me on Twitter. Oh, what about the girl. What about the girl? Speaking of which, I don't even know where she is. Speaking of which, so we're approaching what would officially be the official ten year mark of comic timing. I believe it's in May, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Sometime bef- a- around that time, I will be releasing a lost episode of Comic Timing. Quite literally lost, because I forgot it existed and it's been sitting on my recorder ever since. This is not a super show <laughs> recording. This is not a Comic Geek Speak bunch of interviews that, that I n- never released. This is an episode with Brent, myself, and... And Juan de Guadalupe Francesco Banana Fofesco de Jesus <laughs> reviewing the Batman uh, Under the Red Hood animated movie. That's how long ago that one was recorded. So you're going to do it. I have no idea what uh, what sponsor we're even promoting on that one, whether it was still during the Heroes Corner days. I think it was Heroes Corner. So that'll be fun to either keep in or edit out of the episode. I might just keep it in for laughs. But but, uh, yeah, that will be released sometime uh, around the time of our anniversary, uh, just for shits and giggles. And it's a it's a episode of comic timing. It's just an episode that never came out. So you guys have that to look forward to. Uh, Brent, any BKs? You know what? I haven't planned one. We will probably do something here soon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll let you know if uh, if I play any games or anything. But uh, it's been a while on that. I'm I'm still playing through Salmon Max on the PC. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, Raph. If you want to give your various social medias. Um. Pretty much everything's been consolidated under Raph Reads Comics. Either Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook still Wraith Maker because I don't think you can change your Facebook. And maybe or maybe I won't do a podcast based on that name. <laughs> you have a Tumblr too, don't you? I doubt you ever uh, up- update it. Uh, uh, yeah, who knows? Okay. I just go on Tumblr for the gifts now. All right, cool. Was it, is it what, what Raph Radio? 
Was your Tumblr right? Yeah, Transmissions of the Ref Radio or something like that. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, and Brandon. Three personas ago. <laughs> and, and Brandon? Uh, you can get me on uh, the Twitters and Instagram and I believe. Yeah, and Instagram at the Dabadon, T H E D A B B A D O N. My podcast is uh, popcultureclash.tumblr.com. And my personal twi- Tumblr is uh, geekcetra.tumblr.com. Cool. And I, I would say you should have uh, Brent and me on, but if you do, that episode will never come out. And uh, this episode uh, is... You guys are uh, the death knell. I, I, still, I still have that recording of the quarter bin somewhere on a hard drive, too, I'm pretty you sure. You should release that, too. <laughs> you should release that. <laughs> just do it. All the lost episodes you've ever been on, oh, just God. put them out. <laughs> the month is May. Only we can the find that... Justice Society of America lost. Oh episode. God! Oh, we talked about that also. Too. We we oh. talked about that in Philly, man. Trust me, if it existed, I, I would release it. But it's it's quite because that was just you and me pouring over that book and fucking no. loving it. What was that like? Yeah. Episode thirteen. That would that would have been Brandon's first episode. It was it was yes. uh, it was you, me, and Brandon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had we had to, we had to re-record that. Uh, and right. I debuted not too long after that. All right, so uh, yeah, that's that, folks. Uh, as usual, DCBS Discount Comic Book Service at DCBService.com, where you can get 50% off of Marvel DC hardcovers and 40% off of Marvel DC Image and Dark Horse single issues. And uh, you know what? I'm going to let Brent take us out since he took us in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the last four hours of your life. And <laughs> hopefully... We can get a good, if not great, Wonder Woman movie from Patty Jenkins, which Ian predicted on the Man of Steel episode. Yes, I did. I just want to say, mm-hmm. I noticed that. No and promise. let's all let's all pray to the Marvel comic movie gods that they impart some of their wisdom and some of their awesomeness onto the Justice League film, which will start filming here in four weeks, so that we may get a more competent, better and possibly good Justice League movie. In your name we pray, Kevin Feige. (laughs) (laughs) And there's always, there's always time for comics. Boom shakalaka. Crowd members of the Comics Podcast Network are comicspodcast.com, facebook.com slash comic time. Oh, you want me to do that shit? Yeah! We out. Oh, right. Boy. <laughs> uh, that was a question. Nice. This this was a lot more even handed. This was actually pretty su- subdued compared to uh, Man of Steel. Did we say civil? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but not civil war. That's the next one. Uh, the one looks like Brandon died again. What he had to. Uh, Brandon said really? again. We lost him. I said the. And we lost you again. Okay.
Even, even, even. 